0: Promote, promote. If you want to influence change, promote. Did the same thing through mine. I, I want to be a fireman forever, but I don't like this. No, promote. Uh, and and hey, man, it sucks. I get it. And what they don't tell you in the fire service is promoting doesn't mean that you get a different helmet. Now you're in charge. Promoting means that you're in, you have responsibility for everything.
1: Firehouse Vigilance presents the weekly scrap. A podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. Corley Moore, Firehouse Vigilance Weekly Scrap, number 155. Today's guest, none other than half of train or die, Devin Craig. He is a second-generation firefighter has worked for the Montgomery Fire Department in Texas since 2003, a captain since 2007. He worked in the fire recruit division for over seven years as a lead instructor. He's a rep for Fast Rescue Solutions and the co-owner of the aforementioned Trainer or Die fire service training. Most importantly, happily married with two kids. He is a Georgia smoke diver, number 987. It's been a long time in the works, but it is my pleasure absolutely to have you on Weekly Scrap number 155, my friend, Devin Craig.
0: Thank you, Coley, for having me. Uh, I got to give a couple disclaimers. One, I don't represent my fire department for anything I say; it's crazy. They're great. Um, Two, uh, I didn't get here by myself, um, so a lot of people made me. So I'm trying not to name drop every single person who's ever helped me, but there's hundreds. And three, if you're watching this, means you won't get offended by anything that I say. So uh, right on, right
1: on. I love it. Okay, Uh, anything I missed in the intro? Of course, anything you like to add? I think you added. Uh, You got me. All right, covered. Uh, audience, get your questions primed and ready for Devin and myself. It should get interesting. If we can keep up to the pace of Devin Craig, we'll see. Um, tonight, of course, as always, uh, the scrappiest of the scrappers, Kyle Romagus, is, is logged in and, and looking to curate your questions in the uh, Facebook Live. So get them ready and send them at us so that Kyle can throw them here. Uh Join the Vigilantes. If you have not already joined the Vigilantes, go to FireHouseVigilantes.com. Join up and be a part of it. We had, the, we had the third forum last night. It was an awesome time. We discussed Michael Abershoff's book, It's Your Ship. And uh, it was a good time as we discussed the same question me and Devin are going to discuss here in just a minute. Fires are down, but civilian fire fatalities are up, so we're going to discuss that. But anyway, go be a part of that. So, housekeeping, this episode is brought to you by Key Hose, the Hose Experts um absolutely go check them out on facebook at the hose experts uh key hose elkhart brass a safe fleet brand affordable drill towers uh and the affordable standpipe prop firefighter owned and operated pump and roll using the affordable standpipe prop i got to see it down at water on the fire for the first time live it's pretty amazing pretty amazing what they got going on uh The standpipe prop, it'll fit through most classroom doorways so you can do the theory in the classroom and then roll it out into the parking lot and pump on it. It comes with six standpipe valves that can be upgraded to PRVs, customized to match your jurisdiction. Call Steve, amazing dude. Uh, 844-55-TOWER, or drop an email to info at And finally, my man, Dennis Riley, he has started his business, the First Line Fire Service Training, LLC, dedicated to pursuing excellence in our craft. You can find him on Facebook at First Line Fire Service Training, LLC. So there we go. Everything out of the way. The logos across the bottom. Enjoy for your viewing pleasure. And let's kick it off. Devin. Uh, I've been throwing this question at every guest that's come on and it's uh McWilliams posted a while back that fires are down you know 3% I think was the number uh, over the last 10 years but civilian fire fatalities are definitely rising and so I just want to like just a soft toss or a soft like easy uh to open up the discussion with what's your thoughts on why that is going on
0: so Let's let's look at a couple things going on one uh Moe Day just talked about this before that while fires are down, we're not counting them the same. So if you looked at fires in the 1970s, 1980s, we were counting everything as a house on fire. Now we're quite not. first has gotten better and more determined. So that could be part of the problem. Everybody knows that fires are really down, though, so that kind of justifies it. One of the biggest concerns we have in my district now is that people are living everywhere. So where it used to be a 2,000-square-foot house with two people in it, maybe a kid, now there's grandma and grandpa, now there's the kid that didn't want to go to college, so on and so forth. And then we turn garages and turn into houses. RVs are full-time living now. Uh, Tiny homes are getting popular. So you're seeing, I think, more people are living in denser places is part of the reason maybe fatalities have gone up. Um, It'd be interesting to look at the numbers and find out if those fatalities are single fatalities or multiples, or are we looking at the the population just getting denser in some of these places? Um, and, And also, we've seen it here as people move from the other states for for various reasons. Um, They tend to want to live kind of in the country. And now you have places that didn't have a lot of fire protection and not a lot of people now have a lot more people. And they have these houses with four or five people in them that are out in the middle of nowhere that they can't protect. So there's a lot going on there. Um, I don't think it's a lot of the fire service on our side because I feel like we're getting better. Uh, I feel like we went through a good safety culture period there in the late 90s, early 2000s. and, And with the Internet, we've kind of broken that. So at least what I'm seeing is is we're not when transitional attack first came out, it was everybody's gonna stay outside, we're not gonna go inside. And I don't think that's happened. I think we've understood the science and been able to get over it and see how we can still do things. VES was a even though Benner Research, the website started twenty years ago, it still wasn't a big thing and talked about it everywhere else in the same way. At least right. for us. Right. And now it's no. a common thing. I mean everybody knows that. Um, so I think I think it just might be the people moving and whatnot, and maybe. Um, you'd really have to dive in the numbers to see what else McWilliams got off of it, which I'm sure they're working on. So.
1: Sure, no, but I think, like you said, and that's one thing, I've every time I ask this question, it does seem to be it's not one thing, it's all the things, right. you know, and some of them, depending on where you live and et cetera, some things have more of an impact in your jurisdiction than other places, but without a doubt, uh, a big part of it is is what you just brought up. Yeah, Texas
0: had a huge population boom in the last ten years. Um, and it's it's not slowing down. So I mean they're building things as fast as they can. And now we went from building these neighborhoods full of houses to apartment complexes everywhere. So
1: all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt and say I apologize to everybody. This is the first time in a long time that I didn't go and block comments with a link and, and I literally <laughs> regretted it within ten seconds of going live. So I went in and blocked all the links. So if you want to try and link something, let me know, let Kyle know, and I will link it. Uh, but I had it was just instant spam. I I don't, and so hopefully now they will go away because I just set it to block.
0: We could have made a lot of money right there, man. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure, one of those links works. You know, maybe. I'm sure a guy in Africa trying to give money to somebody.
1: It's a, apparently he's a prince, <laughs> but okay. Getting back to it. Sorry, that was a my fault for not taking care of that before I went live. So, okay, I'm catching you up on everybody because there's a lot of comments coming at you. I've already missed some of them. Uh, Anthony Gianfrido said, been looking forward to this for days. I question your judgment, Anthony. Um, Jason Gregory said, Craig D. Smoothbore Cartel said, soft toss. Laugh out loud. Yes, it is a soft toss. <laughs> oh, man, here we go. Have been waiting for Devin Craig for a while. That was from George Robertson Jr. Solid, solid dude uh texas hitting hard with texas brothers lately coming from james denny and texas is absolutely representing eric myrish i don't know if i agree but he said devin is a stud with three exclamation points this is going to be this is going to be a good one i agree with you though i really do all right we got questions coming uh Justin Lorenzen, my man, said, solid dude. The one thing that Devin has done that stood out more than anything to me was when he helped with the honor of the Fallen Conference hot classes and said, what's the worst, dirtiest job I can do to help out? Respected him ever since. That's solid. I mean, no, and that's that coming from –
0: That fun, man. That was a blast.
1: And coming from a solid dude to, to be acknowledged for that, so 100%. All right, I've got you caught up. I'm going to go – are you ready for the – we're not even getting into your questions and our questions yet. We go straight to the audience. You ready? Kyle's got him. It comes from Seth Thompson. How do we overcome the safety culture that safety safety culture that is being hammered into everything from textbooks to academies, and get back to having aggressive citizens first fire departments?
0: Facts and figures. Facts and figures will beat emotions all the time. Facts and figures. So easy one right now. VES is going to kill us. It doesn't. It doesn't. We get to the victim faster. Get the victim out faster by doing that. The roof is going to kill us it doesn't it doesn't Virgin relation works great the more you do it the better you get at it it works so by using some some actual facts some actual figures and showing this the the data you can't argue with on that so you know the the 100 firemen every year come on man we all know that one's not right you know there's there's a lot of other things that don't happen on the fire ground that are killing us okay so if we keep using facts and figures to, to slowly chip at this and something you, you learn pretty pretty early is that the young guys are the ones that listen. Old guys, like even like me, get stuck in our ways, and it takes a little bit harder. So as you start showing these kids, hey, look, this is how this works. This is how this works, and we're going to keep drilling at it. It's going to get better and better, and we're going to keep rolling right through it. The books are going to change. We're, they're working on that. Everybody knows they're working on that, and we can all yell at IFSA for all we want. Believe me, i taught tell the books. I understand. But they're slowly going to get on board with this thing. So as we keep chipping at it, it'll keep getting better. I, th- I feel it's got a lot better in the last five years, um, mostly with the sharing information and a lot of things. 20 years ago, if I asked a question, I had to take it to the book. Then I had to find somebody who wrote that part of the book, who didn't know who it was, and then go on from there. Versus now, very obvious, very simple one is, if I want to know about ticks, you know, to ask Andy Starnes, Andy you can get all the information you need, done, simple, easy, and you have real world stuff. So it's it's getting better, and and again, the, the more we bitch that the books are stupid, that's not going to help as much. If we say, "Hey, look, we need to write like this instead of that," then okay, and it'll get better. Dude, I got it.
1: beautiful answer. I would give you max. <laughs> if that was a five questions, I would give you max points because that was a beautiful answer. Go to the data, man. One hundred percent is a great answer. I'm still trying to. Okay, still. Yeah, here we go. Ignore me. Ignore me while I be the host. Okay. Scott Wiley wants to know, how do we get the old head on board with today's training?
0: So, something we teach in class, and and they they taught this in National Park team as well. 20% of people are into the job. You, me, everybody watching this. 20% hate the job, won't admit it. You know them. They're over there. Whatever they learned 20 years ago was that. The other 60% are listening to the loudest person in the room. So, take it very simple. You start training, the little guy wants to train with you, you start building the team, We start going with this, next thing you know, that old head in the chair realized that he don't want to be by himself. He walks outside and sees what you're doing. And then you do things very easily like, hey, man, can you pump the truck for us while we're running this? Okay, cool. Hey, will you show the guy how to pump it? Okay, cool. Hey, we got this new badass hose. It's lower pressure. What? I don't have to pump 180? You don't. You can pump lower, we can get more water, we can work things on. And slowly and slowly you get that old guy on your team. I'll tell you this, I learned it the hard way. You can't walk in and go, do this because I said so. You're gonna learn this because I said so. Right now. No, you gotta convince the guy to be part of it. And and some of that might be you sit down one day and say, Hey, look, man, can you not just bitch? And anytime you bitch, we're gonna walk outside. Anytime that you complain, we're gonna just walk out, we're gonna do something else, right? going to listen to it we're going to go do our own thing and i don't at least at my department and in some of the places i've been i've noticed that the recliners are slowly becoming the not fun place to be like most of my guys literally play basketball or work out or do some other stuff and they don't they don't want to sit in there they don't want to be that they want to do other stuff so once that becomes the cool stuff to do everybody wants to be the cool kids right so yeah be nice to him that's the first thing you do to the old bastard he knows something he's been there forever Find out what he knows, make him teach him. Hey, show me how to do this. Don't make him look dumb. Don't call him out. Get him on your team. So that's the best dude, advice
1: I got for you. That's solid. You get nothing else out of the scrap. Get him on your team. Get the old guy on your team. He knows something. Don't make an enemy okay. out of him, dude. That's solid. Christopher Snow, the rogue tailboard says We may never, dude, the number of questions coming at you is ridiculous. Oh, so we, we may. We may never get to the actual topics we discussed. Uh, with population becoming more dense in residence settings, does that change your search tactics and search size-ups?
0: Faster. So, so this, is, this has changed a couple of things we do. So one specific thing is we, we make most EMS runs. We make 6% EMS runs. Everybody does. So let's take those EMS runs, and where we used to kind of talk about things, now we're really talking about things. How many people live in that house? Where are they living at? Is there a room in the garage? How do you know there's a room in the garage? How many window AC units do you see? Remember we made that house two years ago and two people live there? Now there's six. What's going on here? So your search priorities get faster and faster. And now what we expect to find a eight by eight bedroom with one bed, now there's two. So understanding that when we go to these places and, and any fireman that's been on long enough knows that the the places we go the most are the low income. So low income is most likely to have more people on it, more people are in smaller spaces, and we're going to just keep focusing on that. By now, in 2022, you should have erased things like everybody's out or nobody else is here. No, we all know that the only – it's searched. When we say it's searched, it's empty when we say it's empty. So get in there, get in all the spaces, and find them people and get them all out. Um, so I guess faster would be a kind of idea and more detailed. Um, And what we're looking for we expect to find more than one kid in a room now we expect to find grandma in the house now you know and and keying these people onto things we learned with covid that it doesn't matter if the car outside or not that that doesn't change anything we do kids toys some of the a ramp to the house those things matter so we're still delving the same amount of people we're just kind of eyes are a little wide open more than they used to be i guess you'd say
1: speed 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 no like they say in football, speed kills. Uh, spe- in the fire service, speed saves. Might might be a shirt you can you can copyright it. Speed All right.
0: saves.
1: <laughs> uh, Nate Sturm, Devin. Sheep. can you talk about the train or die mindset?
0: <laughs> so we got to be honest. It, it came out of Von Oppen, um, and Von Oppen's excellence is our responsibility. We, we went to Von Oppen's class, loved it. Uh, It was great. I sat with with me and Matt Wallace afterward, had a long talk. It was awesome. We were impressed with it on a couple of things. One, that he sat and talked with anybody he could afterward, and two, the the message involved in it. We took that back to my fire department. We're going to make a big sign. It's excellent. My responsibility. And our kids laughed at it. Our young guys thought it was goofy and didn't like it. So we played with some ideas, and we came up with Train or Die, and then we started noticing that people liked the, the wording of it. And then we noticed that, hey, look, if we don't train, if we don't do things, if we don't get onto it, then people are going to die. There is no doubt. So if there's more people living in a house and we decide that it's a dilapidated house, so now it's vacant and we're not going inside. We're going, they're going to die. There's no way around it. So if we train, whether we go to water on the fire, or we go to learn to fire conference or we go to learn, things, learn new things, learn how to get around these deals and learn how to deal with it and keep training and keep getting better, then less people die. And, I love Isaacson. He's saying less than 3,000 this year of of fatalities in a house. I was in Pittsburgh when he started it. Let's go to zero. And that is a thing that we will never get to. We will never get to zero inside a house on fire. Someone will die every year, sadly, in a house on fire. Let's see the best that we can do to prevent that. And that goes everything from free smoke detectors to when you're at their house on an EMS run, go, hey, heads up. It's how do you get out of this house? How do your kids get out of the second floor? and keep working on these things, and keep improving those programs, and then keep busting our ass, learning new things, and how to get around this stuff, and we'll get that down uh, and keep getting better and better. So trainer Die was based off of that. And then we also noticed that, the while well, I get to go to a lot of things um, because my wife lets me and supports me, and, and Wallace and I get to see a lot of things, and the other guys get to see things. That doesn't mean the people that I work with do. So if I come back and say, I learned this in Florida, we're going to do this, that doesn't work. I have to show them how we learned it, how it works, how to do it. And then we keep spreading that information. And then we notice that now with our ability to get out, we can take the information that we've learned from average size departments or from large departments like Orlando, Houston, uh, Miami, L.A., and we can take that to the small town America and the little places that we love. Like we, we're going to Broken Bow next weekend and we love it. Um, we can show them, hey, this is what we learned at our level. And we can, you can do the same thing. You didn't have to go to the Orlando Fire Conference to learn right. that. We brought it back to you. So now we can try to get those fatalities in the country down. We try to get that better, and we can keep spreading that good news and keep busting your ass. The goal is to get better, not to be the best. We're going to keep getting better every time and keep climbing the mountain, man. Uh, and, yeah, so I guess that's the mentality.
1: I love we, it, man.
0: We, <laughs> we learned, too, with with our experience in the Recruit Academy that Everybody learns differently, so we couldn't just yell and cram this down people's throats. We had to adjust and work on the fly. And and just like when you teach people, when I talk to chiefs, I don't cuss. When I talk to guys in the country with work boots on, I might drop a couple f bombs. And we try to adjust and how our people learn and get those things in and get everybody trained to at least some stuff. We don't teach anybody. We most of us that work for the company, work at departments that have five six stations and are fully staffed. We don't teach what we do. We teach what they can do and we show them techniques for their two man staffing, one man staffing. And that works for them. We like to train. That's about it.
1: Here's my thing. I've never got to catch a class from Devin. Anytime we've been in the same spot, he's been teaching at the same time or, you know, just busy. So I've never, so I love Devin. Don't get me wrong. We're good friends. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. (laughs) And I, to the point where I'm like, Hey, Devin, you got a Sharpie. And he's like, yes, I do. And he let me walk off with his Sharpie for the rest of the, the conference. But, uh, He's killing it right now is my whole point behind that. I love it. Uh, Greg, I want to say it. Tafflinger? Tafflinger. All right. Cap, how do we not burn ourselves out and stay motivated when we are surrounded by a department that is lazy and we feel like we have to be apart from everything to get it to go right, especially since we are a young department?
0: Do fun things.
1: There's a lot in there, but go ahead.
0: Do fun things. Look, man, you got to find out what you like doing. I like messing with our ladder truck. I will do things with that ladder truck just for hell of it. So if I feel crappy, if I don't feel good, if if something is bothering me, then we'll go outside and do the fun thing that I want to do. Um, and that ranges for me from messing with a ladder truck to put my gear on and, and doing up-downs because they're stupid. Um, so whatever is fun to you, <laughs> go do that. And, and then find your fun place in the fire station. Training should be fun. There you go. That's one for you. It should be fun. You should enjoy it. You should have fun and do cool things. You're a fucking fireman, dude. It's the best job in the world. And so whatever makes you enjoy it, go do it. And then again, when the new guy comes to see you and you're having fun doing whatever, spraying the water, then okay, he'll come do it with you. And, and again, when you're wearing your bunker gear, dragging hose, laughing at the guy next to you, nobody is worried about the latest memo or whatever so-and-so said on the other shift because they're not as good because they're not on the C-shift, whatever, you know, whatever things get, it just goes away. So do the hard work, do the fun work and go. And and that ranges for whatever is, is your thing. My, I like working out in bunker here I don't know why. I like the heat too. So whatever you enjoy, keep doing that. I mean, just enjoy it. Shit.
1: Love it. <laughs> and you must like the heat down there north of Houston. and I, I thought, I thought Oklahoma was humid until I visited Houston. Then I found out what hell was like. Yeah, in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we came down there uh, after Harvey. Just uh, we had the Houston Tens, what we called it. But it, we came down and helped out Houston firefighters that were they were out working. So we like worked on their homes. It was uh-huh. a really it was a really cool time in the summer. But it was the wettest, hottest, humidest. I don't know the the proper term for it. Wet hell normal. is what I called it.
0: Normal. You got to eat bunker <laughs> shorts. If you get the bunker shorts that are cut off at the knee, it's not bad.
1: Not too bad? Okay. The bunker yeah, shorts. I
0: the Ohio guys this. i to bring some up there.
1: <laughs> all right. Caleb Daniel Smith said, What are your top three expectations you lay out for a rookie newly assigned to your crew?
0: Be honest at all times. If you don't know, you don't know. So be honest at all times. I don't expect you to know everything. You shouldn't. You can't. You've only been here a year. And I don't expect you to work your butt off if we're not working our butt off. So, this, this, we, we don't have a lot of hierarchy. We, we have places people sit at the kitchen table. If the rookie sits in my spot, I don't care. It's a spot. He can sit there. All right. They're going to jack with him, but that's fine. I, he shouldn't, if we didn't teach him, he shouldn't know it. So, on a day one rookie, if he walks in with his helmet on backwards, that's not his fault. That's our fault. We need to train people. And we're going to teach him everywhere through it. And if he's wearing bunker gear, we're wearing bunker gear. You want to jack up some people and get them really engaged in some good training. If someone in the crew is wearing bunker gear, we are wearing bunker gear too. And that that changes the whole dynamic. That makes training better. That makes the, the community better. The guys understand it better. and It doesn't turn into some nonsense, aging stuff. So I expect that guy to be honest with me. If I ask him a question, he doesn't know he has to say, I don't know. If something, if he breaks something – just tell me, dude, and we'll, we'll figure it out and fix it. We've all broken plenty of things. I got plenty of good stories about me breaking stupid to crap. Um, and, and if he wants to listen and learn, then we'll do that. We will take anybody we can, and this is in the whole fire service, I feel like, as long as they're not an asshole, okay? I used to tell the recruit Academy kids, we can teach a monkey how to fight fire. We just can't get it to not throw shit. So <laughs> we can train anybody as long as they're not a jerk. And if he's not a jerk, then cool, man. Let's do fun stuff. Let's help people.
1: I guess that's all, dude. That's solid. Uh, uh, we're almost caught up on audience questions. well, actually, but Kevin Pfluger, neck of the woods, somewhat. Devin, you truly are the guy that will take your shirt off of your back for someone else. You back words with actions 100% of the time when someone is in need. Where does this come from? Is it natural or did someone lead the way?
0: Uh, that probably can't be worth going to anyway. That, that's probably right. my parent. Um, my, my parents my parents had me at a young age and uh, and my dad works two jobs um, and it wasn't he wasn't working two jobs like a fireman uh, he was working a nine-to-five job and then he was throwing newspapers at three o'clock in the morning to make ends meet for me um, my mom went to night school to become a nurse uh, and and was doing that and not getting sleep and working a couple of jobs so my my dad taught me really early on that you help everybody if you have the ability to help somebody, you help them. That's, is, that's it. That's how it should be. So my father still to this day will give water bottles to the damn trash guy when he comes and picks up his trash can. You know, he he believes in that and he still does not me. And then it worked out great for me because the woman that I married is the same one. So there there is no reason that if you're in a place to help somebody, you shouldn't do it because that's how everybody gets better. So believe me, we, we met a guy with no shirt. And a samurai store would selling paintings on the side of the road <laughs> in San Antonio. And I felt bad because I didn't have the cash to buy a painting for the guy. Uh, but no. So so the fire service is based on that. When people ask what we do, we do everything but arrest people. That's it. So you got a cat stuck in a tree. I hate to say it. We'll go get it. We'll turn it into a training event. We'll make a big deal out of it. Everybody will get better. Cool. You're happy. We got a cat a tree. So what? You, if if you If you work for my fire department and somebody has a flat tire on the side of the road and you don't stop and help them change it no nah. no we're not playing this game you're out there is to help them out and so yeah so I guess from an early age it was that way I remember my father would shake the hand of every veteran he met when he saw a Marine Corps or, something or whatever he would say hey thank you for your service and he meant it so it, it was instilled in me that way I did the same thing right. with my kids and that's, and that's how the world gets better too so keep doing these good things for people and they'll help out and it'll work out always forward always forward
1: Love it, man. I really do. Catching up. All right. Which brings us... Oh, man, I like this question, actually. I've never heard this question before. Oh, no. Irons33FD asks, how do you feel about training being used to punish new guys?
0: (laughs) You don't argue with me, then. We don't play that crap. I'm not playing it. And I've had discussions with guys. You know, we had a kid... uh... I got a phone call one day from a station that said, Hey, this this new guy sucks. <laughs> okay, why? He did a consumption course and he fell out out of the first lap. Okay. What happened? Well, we we gave him a break and then eat it again. He didn't make it very far, so he sucks. Cool. <laughs> How far did you make it? Huh? I, I didn't do it. You didn't do it. No. Right now that I like that new guy married you you. So no, we're not playing this crap. So training is Training is not hazing, and training is not punishment. It can never be punishment. I've done this punishment, got pulled in the next day by a couple of firemen and told me I was an idiot, and I never did it again, which was good. That proved two things. One, they can tell me that, and two, I learned a lesson out of it. So you have to, you have to treat training like it is, and training is education, which I won't talk about later anyway. And training training has to be fun. So if you walk in and say, hey, we're going to pull hose today because so-and-so was late Come on, man. That, what are they teaching? That teach them that training sucks and I don't want to do it. So training cannot be punishment. Punishment is punishment, and there, is, there should be a place for that and a process for that. But it should never enact training. Um, no. and, and we have a full system for that. I'll, we'll talk about it later, I'm sure. No, no, but good. No, they, good. If, yeah. If they're doing I, that, then, yeah.
1: I really love the question, though. I really do, because anybody who has that cool. mindset, I, I'm with Devin, man, not here Not here in my house, and, and no. Uh, Jay Hillis says, How do you push VES for a rural department with limited personnel?
0: Beautiful. If you're in a rural department, you probably have mobile homes or trailer houses. Cool. Anybody's ever made one means there's only one. There's two ways the trailer house is burning, either half of it or the whole thing. Okay, cool. So when half of it is burning, how do you get to the other end faster? And you don't have to say, if they don't want to use VES or whatever acronym you want to use, you can just say, we're going to search from the window. Okay, cool. You can do that. They don't know none the wise. So by by enacting, hey, look, I need to get over here. How do you want me to do it? You want me to walk through the fire to get to them faster? No. So little things, of, and then training your butt off on it and showing that it works and showing that you can do that and having things like VES ladders or short ladders or, or being able to get your big ass in the window, which is the first problem with any VES. If you say you're going to do VES, you better be able to get in the damn window. And that requires a little bit of muscular effort. And not a lot of acts. So, you, so to, to get a smaller rural department, we, we taught it to a, to Broken Bow with two dudes. One guy sprays water in that, in there. One guy goes in that window. Ta da. Look at that. We searched half the house and put the fire out.
1: Right on. So,
0: so you don't, you don't need a ton of people to do it. White does it every day with the 13,000 fire they got, but you can do it with two. And just, just getting the trust involved in the management and the, and the, the chief side of it. And yeah. It'll work. Jay Hillis I mean, is a chief. He should be able
1: to let him do it. I think it's arguable that uh, the, that it's more important in this in the rural setting. I mean,
0: absolutely, absolutely,
1: especially with limited staffing. Uh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta throw this one at you. It comes from Chief David Rhodes. Mm-hmm. So Daddy asks, "Are you live from a storage shed?"
0: Come on, Chief. It's my garage, man. I got I got kids and stuff. I I can't be in the house dropping f bombs. Cheaper getting me. Home- I think it looks great, dude. I think it's it looks nice. Like, garage. I think My wife wanted happy. me to put. She did the lighting, so blame her for that.
1: I think the lighting's excellent. I think the whole thing's excellent. But when Chief David Rhodes asks a question, it's coming at you. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> uh, we're going to get to smoke divers. We're going to get to smoke divers, Matt. So I'm not skipping your question. I'm just going to. We are going to talk mm-hmm. about it. All right. I'm going to pull up. Keep them coming, Kyle. Pulling up my notes over here because I want to get some of Devin's topics. We talked about um, the effect your upbringing had on you. Is there anything else you want to touch on it that you didn't get to bring out in that answer to that question?
0: Uh, one like, thing but- that we can do as a fire service that, that was done to, for me, um, my father started when I was four as a volunteer, and then he later became a paid guy. Every time we went on vacation, you know, we went to a fire station. Every time. So whether we would get up early and go, or, or we would go and mom would go to the store, or she would go with us. Um, And my dad would knock on the door of every place you can imagine from Salt Lake City, Utah to Florida and say, hey, I'm a fireman from Texas. Can I look at your fire? And what that did for me unknowingly was, one, it made me okay with talking to firemen that didn't know. And two, I learned a lot of things. So we had never seen a New York roof hook until we went to New York and we had to, you know, we asked to go and look at a station. Um, There's dozens of things we picked up from places. and, And just by going outside the box, that little thing. And it taught me as as a young kid that it was okay. Um and it was cool and and I learned a lot and and even now like I can pick out fire trucks by manufacturer very easily I I can see things that I know or recognize from where the places are and it, it's good um I encourage everybody to do it with yours I did it with my son uh, we went to Disneyland and he didn't he was five and said Dad it's a fire station like yours it's a ladder truck like yours why are we here Hey man take the picture so I yeah just that part of it I think I like that
1: right on right on man no I love it. Uh, training is education.
0: So, so this is a big one for us. Um, we learned this with the Recruit Academy that if we treat training as an educational system, meaning you treat it like the K-12 through or the college stuff and that it's, a, it's an all-encompassing, meaning you don't, you don't come up with a drill right now that you've never tried before and just go send it and then it crashes and you never write anything down about why it didn't work or what you're going to do better. So if we, if we take the whole training system that you have and, and we do this at my department. So we're going to do multi company drills. Cool. You're going to know about it. So your station will know what the drill is going to be in a week and you can practice the single company stuff you need to. So you get that down. So when you go do that with somebody else, you already have it. Those are going to build in a sequence to where we do a live action drill and put it all together. We learn these little things about how the educational system. My wife being a high school teacher gives me a great advantage because I know what the kids are learning now. I know how they're learning. I know that they are different. And how do we teach people that are different? So we can all say the new generation sucks, but my great uncle was in the was a pilot in the Pacific. I'm sure his generation was a lot different than mine, and I probably look like an idiot to him. So if we take the kids in and go, hey, look, man, this is a chainsaw. This is how this works. So gas is going to go in here and do that and have a good conversation, a learning, coaching conversation with these guys and walk them through it, and it will work. So what we like to do is decide what the final thing is going to be. I want to be able to search a 1800s uh, corporate house, find two victims, pull them out, and then have a red deployment and, and make that handle that. Then we break those down into little things, and it becomes a big educational system, and nobody's coming out of nowhere, with don't know what to do. So the, the thing we see with the new generation is – Remember, the iPhone's only seven. so they can now pull up their phone and ask a question and get an answer. They don't understand how to get to that answer if it's not that easy. So now we're going to work through that. Why does the saw not start? doesn't have gas. I didn't pull it right. Okay, cool. And work through these systems with it and get them going and make it fun and make it some coaching and some mentoring uh, and not treat it like a one-shot thing. If they're dumb, it's because you didn't train them. There's no way around it. So that's the premise of it. Um, and well, we teach that in classes
1: too. I'm noticing a theme here, but I like it. I like it a lot, man. It's a little bit of ownership the, you're, you're representing.
0: The theme is new. The theme wasn't always like that 10 years ago. I hated myself. So
1: Matt McGee wants to know Devin, why do you think writ is the last job anyone wants on a fire ground when it's the most important job in the fireground? How do we change that mentality?
0: Because RIT and the, previous and and we did this to ourselves um the big phoenix study done after brett tarver showed that RIT wasn't going to get anybody out and that all you were going to do is stand in the yard and look stupid you need to get doing fun stuff um when RIT should have been hey look it takes 25 minutes to get them out how do we fix that problem uh so to convince them that RIT is the is the very big deal on the fire ground how to get them out fast how to move fast how to do that um requires a lot of things and part of it is the understanding that it's it's not going to be easy, um, and that you you have to be that guardian angel for them guys that are busting their ass inside the house. So if we make RIT drills a little bit simple and a little bit understandable, and people survive, and then we keep going with the RIT drills and keep working on it, then yeah. But if you you can come up with plenty of scenarios, and there's been live scenarios that people died at, and, and if we want to recreate that, and then in the end the, the person that we tried to get out with RIT didn't live, for our training drill will fit. You know, we lost. So let's let's do drills that make that let people win. Um, let's keep wrapping it up after that. Uh, I remember reading an article about a training drill that was astronomical. hellish maze they built. They drug a rip pack in there, had to use the rip pack for themselves to get them out. And in the end, nobody served. Nobody saved the victim. Well, that doesn't teach us anything. It just teaches it can be as terrible as it is. And, and at some point, we're not going to be able to save everybody. if we if you instill RIT as an active thing on the fire ground, you're you're going to do a 360, you're going to put ladders up, you're going to check on guys, you're going to pay attention, you're going to be active, then it's it's a good job. If you teach RIT as three dudes kneeling down in the yard with their masks off, not doing crap, then they're not going to do anything. They're not going to get anything out of it. Um, We have RIT teams that are dedicated, uh, even though I'm going to say it, but people don't like it. I'm going to say we use blue card, but we use a dedicated RIT team. And it's active, and it needs to be doing stuff, so... You gotta make it not a crappy job. You say, Hey man, you suck at red or you suck gonna go red this time, that's not gonna work. Um everybody has a station that sucks, um, and that one can't be rid every time either. So it has to be a good job and you have to make it a good job. Uh, I think that answers Matt's question, which if that's all he's gonna ask me, I'm I'm doing good.
1: He's got more in the in the queue. That's ah. just a, that's just the first one I threw at you. But it's a great answer. Hold on. Sorry. Sorry, Prescott. Um, Chief Greg, as a rookie and a three-year fireman that's highly motivated, how would you suggest ways to motivate unmotivated company officer-level leadership? So, Hold on, did, what did he call me? He called you Chief Greg, and I was going to no, ask no, about no, no, that.
0: No, 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 There's one Chief Greg, and he's got a mustache, and he's not in front of you. My dad's at home. Uh, that must be it today. He must have had fire academy from us, which was an old rule we tried to sing. So how do we get the old guys motivated? Is that what it was?
1: Basically, it, it's an old question, which is I, I'm motivated and my company officer isn't. What can I do about it? I mean, it's a it's
0: Congratulations. a. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the most of the fire service. Yeah, yeah. I mean, first off, burn the recliners. That'll do it. Uh, break the TV. That'll help. Um, you, you know, and, and we talked this a minute ago. You, you got to go train and eventually they'll wonder what you're doing and they're going to call you stupid for doing it. OK, cool. I'm all right. With being dumb. I'm going to go train. And then, hey, you're dumb. Tell me why I'm dumb. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. And hey, you just want to sit on the bumper and watch me do this and you can tell me how to do it better? Okay, cool. You know, and, and that's, that works eventually, hopefully. Um, sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes you got to go somewhere else. So I've had that discussion with a few young guys that, hey, man, there's seven guys at my station and all of, and six of them hate everything. Ah, maybe you need to find a better place. Yeah. You no, know, I don't know. Uh, it's we a talk, tough
1: question. Talk. There there's no easy answer for it. And, and like and I love Devin's answer like, "Oh, welcome. Yeah, welcome to the American Fire Service. It's everywhere." And it is. Yeah. And if there was an easy answer, I promise you, we would pass it out on the scrap every week cuz that question gets asked over and over. And the bottom line is, focus on what you can control, which is you, and don't worry about what you can't control. And if it's outside your sphere of influence, man, just focus on what you can and go out there. No one's going to tell you to quit training. And if they do, right. you need to find a new place to work. <laughs> Uh, Daniel Drury, coming at you, Devin, he didn't say chief, he said Devin. How do you balance making the fire service as a whole better by teaching classes versus focusing on your own department, struggling with this one?
0: Uh, I don't. I do both. Um, so when I'm at work, I do work things. When I'm not at work, I do other things. So, uh, And, and that, for me, that's easy because when you're at work for 48 hours, straight, for because we're 48.96, I, I can't do my other stuff i have to focus on my job stuff which is hey look we're, we're gonna train every day we're gonna uh have fun every day and we're gonna do the station stuff every day that's it so if today is detailed a lot of truck we're gonna detail a lot of truck uh and everything is in there gonna be clean uh and then if we're gonna get that done and then we're we're gonna train on some cool stuff and then we're gonna keep getting better in our own little space uh and better and better and hopefully that grows um and then when we're gone, you know, I tell people where I work, but not often because we, we don't want anybody to associate where we work with what makes us up. Meaning if you, if you work in a small, tiny place, that doesn't mean you're bad. If you work in a big place, it doesn't mean you're good. Now, both those things can correlate, but we, we learn new things when we're out, even when we teach a class in the middle of nowhere and we bring that back to our job. So we, we taught a class in Abilene uh, with a group of volunteer folks that were fantastic and they taught us some new stuff. Cool. We brought it right back to work Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we learned. Here we go. And we're honest with it. Um, and then keep going. J- Drury, I know him personally, he's got a good fight. Um, but again, people in his department are getting out too. So it, it spreads. It's a, it's a, it's a virus. So it's going to keep getting better and better. And something else we learned, if the people are sitting at the table, bitching, go to a different table. If people are going to sit around and bitch by the fire department, I don't care. I, I don't want to hear it. Let's go. Let's go somewhere else. You can, you can complain and I get it. Um, have someone you can complain to, preferably not your significant other because I gets to wear on it, but have a guy you can talk to in the dorm room and say, hey, man, this is frustrating me. This is what to do. And we'll talk about it and get it better. But don't sit at the kitchen table and bitch about how this sucks because this memo came out or this is dumb or I don't, I don't have time for that. Um, uh, so I don't have a balance. It's, it's all on all the time.
1: Yeah. No, it's great. And I will go to I don't I was it Emerson. I don't I think it was Emerson, but it might be a different uh poet, philosopher that said uh wherever you're at, be all there. And so Absolutely. If you're on duty, man, just be plugged in 100%. And if you're traveling and teaching, man, be plugged in 100%. And if you're at home with your family, be plugged in 100%. Yes. Yes. Um Michael Ramirez. Here we go. It's been raining a lot in our area. What are some drills you enjoy doing in the bays or in the house? I like this question a lot.
0: Because of the rain. Uh, Gear drills are fun on the inside. Um, We do some size up stuff with our guys. We we found a deficiency in that we had a very good uh, program for our rookie guys, and then we had a decent program for us as they got older. So we sat down and made task sheets uh, smaller than a book for guys that wanted to ride up, guys that wanted to drive our lighter truck, guys that wanted to drive the pumper, um, and then we work on those. So uh, it's 10 things for each one of those disciplines, and some of those things we can do. Uh, some of them are paperwork. Some of them are live action, so we can do some of those paperwork stuff. Uh, I have a big bay, so we can do a lot of cool things. Um, we've done some stuff in our gear room with the lights out and rig drills, uh, and uh, we've done some stuff in the rain, too, which – is another one of those. You better have people in on it uh, right. before you do that. If you if you train as much as we do, and you train on certain days of the week, Sundays, uh, Saturdays, Thanksgiving, you better oh, have wow. everybody in on had Yeah, we, we, had a, we worked at 4896. We worked Thanksgiving Day and the day before. The day before, we didn't get to the drill we wanted to do. A guy asked a question that night about a drill. And we said, hey, if you all want to do it, we'll do it tomorrow morning, early on Thanksgiving Day. And they were all in. And nice. we did it. We were done by nine, you know, and everybody else thought we were crazy, whatever. Uh, but they wanted to do it. And the same thing with Sundays. Sunday is a day of the week. It's not a magical day where nobody does anything. So if you're working Sunday, that means you're probably not working Monday or Saturday. So let's go do some fun stuff. Uh,
1: yeah. I like it. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and the other part of it is, man, uh, radios. Radios are huge. Radios, uh, I think you can't oh, yeah, train sure. enough on radios. So sure. when 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 the weather is inclement, it can be like subarctic free temperatures. Not not in Houston, generally speaking, but uh, very Once. rarely. Yeah, Maybe. one time ever, uh, yeah. which ruined my trip to H Rock. But um, yeah. the uh,
0: yeah, something on that. So when we do, we, we watch fire videos. We watch a little bit of fire form, and and that's a good one to, to watch a video as an officer and not have seen it. So we're going to stop the video in the first 10 seconds and go, what do you see? What do you think is going to happen? Right and on we'll that. talk about things. And then you'll find out real quick, the young guys look at the fire, and the guy's stretching hose. I'm not worried about that. I want to see where the fire's going. I want to see what the smoke's doing. Why is the smoke doing that? Why is the building doing that? Why did they show up with, with different ways? Why did they park different ways? And work through that, and, and you'll have a good conversation. And especially, again, like the fire thing, we're not making as many, and you, you can use your experience to help these guys. I've seen it. Absolutely then there you go, and work with it. Don't cheat, though. If you watch the video first, don't act like you're a genius and I know this is going to happen. No, man. Right.
1: Yeah. Oh, look, just like I predicted, it blew out that Alpha Bravo corner.
0: Who would have thought? <laughs>
1: I am a genius. No, recliner training, man. Uh, I know recliners get a, a, a tough rap and they, and they deservedly so. But, uh, there is time for it when you can, when you can take advantage of YouTube and a, and a cold day and enjoy some fire porn and talk about it if you want to take advantage of it. And radios, uh, it's amazing what you can do to add difficulty to stuff. It can be a phone game. It can be a card game. Everybody knows the Lego thing, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. you can add radios to almost anything in distance and improve your skills in something that's vital to us. Anyway. All right. Uh, we'll get to that one, Corey Schultz. All right, I'm going back to our notes here. Teaching the current generation of the fire service. You've kind of already hit on it a couple times from different angles.
0: Yeah, so something that we, we've we learned that, uh, so we had this put to us, uh, they said, hey, one of our admin chiefs said, hey, I want to put everybody's phone in a basket uh, during mealtime. Okay, cool. But my phone has three different apps that track my fire trucks on. So if you understand that suddenly the phone is a tool and not just a thing to make phone calls, suddenly the phone becomes okay. And and I, I give this description in our classes. Every morning we do a, a morning brief with everybody and one of my guys writes on a notepad. One of my guys had his phone out every morning. Okay, you know, he's on TikTok. Right. Whatever he's doing. That's the mindset we have. Sure. So one day I walked over. I said, hey, man, what are, you, what are you doing with your phone? And he showed me his phone. It had notes on it. And he yeah. said, I'm writing down what you say. Holy crap. Okay, it's a tool for you. Now, I got another guy that uses a spit cup and writes on a spit cup. Whatever. works for him. <laughs> it works. He doesn't lose it, so it's fine. But understanding that, hey, look, they, they can do things. Some things they can do better than us. So if I have a problem with my MDT, that young guy in the back might be better at it than me. Now, you have to, you learn quickly too, that if I get asked a question and I say, that's a stupid question, don't ask me that. What just happened? Now the guy doesn't want to ask me anything. He doesn't want to feel dumb and he's going to ask his phone because his phone never yells at him, never calls him dumb. Next thing you know, I've lost that with him. Oh yeah. So we, we have plenty of fire academy that would come to us with all these questions and we would learn to say, Hey man, let me demonstrate this for you. And that will answer most of your questions. And then we'll get to what I missed and work through that and sitting down in the bay and describing things like threads. This is national host thread. What? You don't know what thread is. There's different course. There's fine. There's all these things. Huh? Well, let me explain to you. Instead of saying you didn't mow the grass before your house. No, man. They they did different stuff. That's fine. Every generation is going to be different. You have to learn how they learn and teach them that way. So, I came into fire service very simple. I tell you what to do. You do it. You shut up. Yep. Right. Got right. No, okay. 100%. Worked great. Later, I can't do that now. So, hey, if I want you to learn this. I want you to help me. And and something I've realized now, when I was younger, a big question was, if you're an officer, do the guys have to like you? And the old question, the old answer was, no, they don't have to like me. They respect me. Right. They need to like you. Because <laughs> if they like you, then they'll ask you the questions they need to ask. They'll come in the, in the office when they need to come in the office for God knows what kind of things. And you'll have a better relationship with them. If, if, if you don't take bad news well, or if you're not a morning person, they're not going to talk to you. You're not going to have that deal and, and they're going to shut down. They're going to play on their phone or do whatever and, and whatnot. And sometimes you need to get on the phone too with them, whether well, that means I have a Snapchat with them or we have a group text or. One of our shifts, they play video games on a phone together. Okay, cool. They're working together. So th- their kids are different, but it's always going to be different. My, right on. Th- I mean, we're really two generations, uh, 20 years from two generations in almost. And that's okay. And, and learning that, hey, look, everybody's different. This is how this works and, and get through it. So I, I, I really laugh at the these kids suck thing because I'm sure every generation has been told that.
1: No, I always make the, uh, uh, statement that like back in 1913 uh whatever the the generation zero whatever they were making fun of the greatest generation talking about how how terrible they were and how they had no work ethic and they had no ability to learn or insert whatever the complaint was at the time
0: right one of the best Uh, fire service stories about why firemen are stubborn and, and pain and why things don't really change is when they first introduced horses to firemen to pull the ladders to pull the pumps they wouldn't do it they would run they said we can run better than the horses can, we're not changing. <laughs> Bro, maybe it's better. I don't know. <laughs> Come
1: on. I love it, man. Uh okay. Uh, more about later. I'm skipping. When trainer died, Bradley S- Saywick. We- Sawick well, so, so wacky. I'll get it right. Bradley Suweki says, when trainer Die goes to train other departments, do you allow outsiders to attend the training?
0: It's entirely up to the department. We, we would de- definitely encourage that. Um, and and we, we have a set rate based on how many students there are and how many instructors we need. So it's not – we definitely would, – we would love to – if, if every fireman can teach you something, so there's something that I know that you don't, there's something that you know that I don't. So we would love to meet every fireman we have, um, and and have a training class both from them person and and give one to that. So it's it's entirely open. Um, I have a personal goal to take or teach a class in every state, uh, which I think would be cool.
1: How um, far are you? I, I just out uh, of curiosity. I'm like
0: I'm like, at, I'm like at nine or ten. I think. Hey, like I no, no, I
1: love it, there. dude. I love the I love the goal, man.
0: An idea. Um,
1: yeah. I remember, I remember when I started this thing, which, which is a lot easier to do than training every, uh, which was, I wanted to get someone that was involved in the vigilant, uh, creed in every state and yeah. it took two and a half years. That. Yeah. It yeah. took two and a half years. We got 50 States. Yeah. So pretty pumped. So no, don't, when you say nine or 10, but that's awesome, dude. That's yeah, awesome. I think
0: we, I think I was in seven last year. I was, I think I'm nine this year, you know, adding to it, but right, it, rock it, on. It, at the same time, we'll, we'll go train in Florida or anywhere in the beach as much as we can as well. So.
1: They get a little more attention than some of the other places. Then, I like the weather. Than the Middle Coast. <laughs> um, what's your favorite conference or class you've taken? Oh, I like this question.
0: Uh, let's see. I've been to a bunch uh, of stuff, and, and I have to say uh, – I'm wearing the shirt now. Um, Orlando, I was impressed with. I went the first time to Orlando two years ago, and I lucked that I, I got to go help Sean uh, Duffy this, this year teach a class, and I was impressed with it. I was impressed with the firemen. I was impressed with the location and the dynamics of it. So I, I would greatly advise to do that one. Um, and I would I would recommend anybody take any conference that's close to them. for Two reasons: one, it's close, so life is easier, and two, you're supporting the conference. So if somebody had an idea to have a conference and, and, wherever it may be, you, you need to help them. Um, and they're trying to do good things. A cool one we go to, and you've been there too, is, is that Lake of the Ozarks. And that's a cool place. Um, and we enjoyed that one. Um, the, one of the best classes I had actually happened a couple days ago. And that was from Mark Bashur, uh, who was from Fire Rescue One. And it, uh, it was on, uh, Can You Rescue You? And it was, I expected to be a real class or, you know, about how I need to be in shape. And what it really was is about mental, uh, stuff. And it was good. It was impressive. And that was, that was just a couple of days ago. Um, I, I am an information nerd. So I'll take anything I can take, especially if I don't know about it. So, uh, I did some mental health stuff with, uh, with Blake Sonette. That was good. Um, and those are, those are good classes to get from almost anybody. Any class you go to, you're going to learn something. And even if ninety percent of it you know already, you'll get something out of it. So I would definitely recommend those for sure. Uh, I like outside classes, but that's me. I, I I can't sit still very long inside. So.
1: ADHD kicks in.
0: <laughs> my yeah, my wife has it. Um, and I can see how I could easily do the same things. Uh, but yeah, All no, I didn't,
1: yeah, no. We're not wired that way. I mean, plain no. and simple. to okay. do fun stuff. Irons thirty three FD coming back with another question throwing at you. How do you handle sensitive firefighters who take offense to the typical firehouse picking and everyday messing with?
0: Oh boy! All right, so <laughs> nothing so but easy easy yeah.
1: tosses uh, on the scrap.
0: Let's let's be honest here. We have to make sure we're not hazing, not hazing people. And and believe me, I've jacked with dudes before and had a guy come to me and say, "Hey, look, please don't mess with me about my tattoo." Okay that's it that and and when you get that kind of stuff and and then we've had we've had young guys that are getting razzed pretty hard and we pull them to the side when nobody's around and say hey man are you okay and and let's let's have an honest conversation about make sure that you're you're not you're not upset about this we, we don't we don't need anybody going in the back and calling their their wife and 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 being upset and hating to be at work and getting picked on all day long and, and as they, when they're new, they don't give it back, and as they get older, they let them give it back a little bit, and and they have to be okay enough to give it back to anybody. So if if the rookie catches me as the captain with a good one, he's got a good one on me. Okay, cool. We'll laugh about it and and not turn that into a bad thing. Um, right. So while again, it's it's going to be based on whether soft or whatnot, they were raised different, and most people aren't jacked with very much in life. I grew up a left-handed, skinny, pale dude with with orange hair, so I was used to getting picked on. It was it wasn't new to me in the first place. Uh, I graduated high school at 100 pounds, so picked on is believe me all day. Um, so you have to find out what's going on and really be the adult and watch that guy. Watch him, you know, when they're jacking with him, is he receding? Is he getting back? And and make sure he's okay. And then don't. And have that conversation with the other guy. Say, look, man, the, this guy's new. He's a little sensitive about his hair color or his truck or whatever. And let's stay away from that. And Let's make sure he's still having fun with us. Um, you can't say, hey, look, we're picking on you because we want you to get strong. No, we're we're having a good time. And if you weren't raised in a football locker room or a fire station, you may not be used to that. Right. Uh, and And really – Really watch them and really have a have a good conversation with them. The worst thing that could happen is you you are picking on a guy and he's not responding back, and next thing you know, he calls his wife crying and he hates work. Hey man, what what did you just do to that guy? Come right, on. and it's different. They're, everybody's different, so be open to it.
1: I I really I, this is my own personal observation from listening to your answers this evening, which has been fun by the way. Is the amount of empathy I did not expect it from Train or Die. Does that make sense? <laughs>
0: It does, and I, and I have to admit, when we took uh, Chief Bursher's class, when so I took it the other day, he was talking about training and talking about how it could be rough and somebody could die in it, and I, I did. I took my hat off. I'm like, I'm going to sit this down because I don't want to <laughs> get spotted in this. Sure. Um, and, again, it's it's not – you meet us, you understand. We, right. We enjoy it. So we enjoy training and we enjoy doing these things, and, yeah, it's the message is still the same. But
1: I love the message. I love the message, but I did not expect the, the sheer amount of empathy, which don't get me wrong, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, 100%. Uh, uh, not just checking boxes and I like this one from Patrick Armitage. He said, being a seasoned firefighter and instructor, are there any particular drills you like on mental slash physical resilience training?
0: Uh, I have a couple things. things. Um, again, in, in 2022, you can defer to who you need to defer to, who is the best of that, you know, and I'm not, but uh, something that we learned to I don't, I'm not big on, this is part of how our training is. I, I don't want to put you in gear for the first, second, third time. And all of a sudden I'm going to put you in a box and say, get through it. And it's hard. And then we're going to bang on the box. And then we're going to play loud music and we're going to jack with your head. Um, for me, it's a slow deal, and it, it requires some seasoned veteran guys uh, who know what they're doing before you start jacking with somebody's brain um, because you can get sawed off into some places you don't want to be and, and lose some things. Um, some things we're learning is stuff like when you say, I can't breathe, that's a true statement. Um, I can't breathe just because you're, mean, and you're talking means you can isn't true. I can't breathe is your brain is shutting down, and your brain is literally saying, I can't breathe. And that's all you can say so so learning things like that and being able to watch people and do it um i do like a natural progression to it uh i, I do like when we do some of the mayday stuff we'll trap a guy uh I, one of the best things we saw to trap a guy with was chain link fence chain or link, yeah. uh, construction fence and not mm-hmm. lay on them. we we learned a hard way that laying on him with a mattress one we had some big old boys and we got whooped um and two it didn't work as well as we thought it would but laying on him with a, a chain link fence or construction fencing well, and laying on the sides, we could watch the person continually. And then knowing that everybody has a breaking point and watching their face and watching their body mechanics and going, hey, stop. Uh, hey, look, we're going we're, we're to move the fence or we're going to move the ball out of here and we're going to work through this and get this. Um, and whatever resilience things we do, they have to finish it. Because if you teach them that, hey, look, if you get trapped, you're never going to get out because you're too big or whatever, and you're just going to die. That didn't make them any better. Um, uh, so a specific drill would probably be those, um, and really have some conversations with some people. Don't get a young instructor who's fired up, ready to go do some stuff to do these things because he's not going to know what to look for. Right. And you'll get somebody hurt. That's,
1: no, I like it. I awesome. like it. Especially the chain because the chain link's good. And then you throw a mattress on it and jump on them. And then, then, then it's whooping and riding time and it's eight seconds. And, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I like the construction fencing because it gives more. Um, it's the, that orange stuff, but you kind of got to, kind of got to recover it or rescue it sure. from a construction site. It's hard to buy, um, and the, the <laughs> fence is metal. But yeah, yeah, that works. Stuff works good.
1: Kyle Kirkland asks, excuse me. During training evolutions, are you the first person to attempt the evolution? And if so, how important is it as an officer to be the first person to throw the ladder, force the door, etc.?
0: sometimes i'm the first sometimes i'm not and that's an honest conversation i have with my guys uh i'm not the best one man ladder thrower um and they know that uh and we'll have that say hey look uh, i'm gonna do this just as much as you are but if you're gonna watch a technique you're gonna watch this guy do it because he's better at it than me um forcing doors i love to do it um there's a there's a door back there actually uh and that kind of stuff um but one one big thing we do and this is part of that is is again if someone's wearing gear we're in the same level of gear one level below so if you're wearing full gear and a mask somebody has to be in that level or without the mask um if you're in pants and code then somebody's at least in their pants and what that did was that makes the training better and the evolution better for everybody it's amazing to see how good a training evolution goes when there's one guy doing it and seven guys in bunker gear sweating with them versus everybody else in pants and a shirt and this right. poor bastard dragging hose by himself and getting yelled at. No. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, sometimes I'm first, sometimes I'm not. It depends on what it is. And I'm honest about that. Hey, look, man, I'm going to do it because I need the reps, but I'm not the best. Um, so let's let's make sure we're getting it down the right way. Um, and I'm going to make it through. It,
1: so. I love that, man. One of the, I don't know, it was an early scrap, but someone said they had a rule on the training ground or the back bay or whatever was no one was allowed to speak. And when he said speak, it was about no one was allowed to instruct unless they were in the same gear that the student was, you know? And yeah. I was like, Holy crap. And it's a great, it, it cuts out it so much bullshit. Like it is, it really does.
0: It is. We did a, uh, at the fire Academy, we did PT and we had the guys and students PT in gear one time. And we got pulled in the office. You can't PT them in gear. Why not? You don't know how they feel. Yeah. I'm wearing gear too. What? Yeah. And immediately. Oh, okay. You can do everyone. You're fine. And that's carry we did at the fire academy if you screwed up in the fire academy and you got in trouble whatever punishment that student got you did it with them you want to jack some instructors up because we had some instructors saying if you blow the horn it's a thousand burpees right come on bro no <laughs> no no and that's you know it was a mutual understanding of stuff
1: that's beautiful man okay uh updike Oh, I love it! Michael Bryan Updike asked Devin, "Of all the hard hitting instructors currently out there teaching, who's top on your list to get out and learn from?"
0: Basil Abraham, Robert oh. <laughs> <laughs> I Love it. Dude. These oh, guys oh. for sure. I mean, uh, it, it 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 doesn't take much to look, look on the internet to see who's true and who's doing stuff. You know, uh, those two for sure. Um, there's, there's guys coming up that look pretty good too. Uh, you know, and, and I, in my head, and it's the same thing when we train on stuff, we, we went to every training organization that we knew of personally and asked them about starting our own company. We said, we want to start our own company. We went on stuff on nobody's toes. And that went all the way to, I, I drove the hour to, to Chief Ryan station and asked him flat out. I said, I work for you on the recruit side, but I want to teach, I want to do our own stuff. And <laughs> I don't want to do hose because if I have a hose question, I just ask Kai. Right uh, and, and he, he gave us the blessing and said send it and then uh, and that so uh, obviously those two um, and Andy Starnes Andy Starnes mm. is the tick guru and it's ridiculous um, I feel after 20 years of the fire service I feel dumb when I pick one up now because I think about how the smart things he knows about it um,
1: I literally called yeah. him today to ask him some questions like had a like a 30 minute conversation today but yeah go ahead it was just crazy go ahead <laughs> Sorry.
0: He he changed my brain on something about a year and a half ago. Um, I was sitting in a class done by a guy named Matt Brian who was good in converse and, and the guy he was teaching tick class. And and Brian got a question that he couldn't answer and he asked me, Bro, just because I'm an instructor in go place doesn't mean I know everything. I said, I don't know, but I know who does and I messaged Andy Starnes on Facebook. I'm not I wasn't friends with them then. And he responded with the answer completely, then asked for my email and sent me two videos. In less than 10 minutes. Now, here's a guy that's going around the country teaching tick classes. Oh, he he he's amazing. Say, yeah, he can say, come to my class, I'll teach you. No, here's all the information right here. And that was one of those things of, hey, look, we don't, we don't have to hold this stuff tight. We, we can teach everybody and pass this on, and you start learning things. And then you start to figure out what the good instructors do and how they operate, and how people like Rob and, and Basil and a, about 100 other guys I know, how they really can communicate those things and get you to understand them and how great they um, so yeah, so definitely those three, uh, like there's probably another 50. Off, no, no. Added.
1: When you start naming them, you yeah. almost feel bad because you're like right, leaving you know. people out. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this, there's this whole mantra of anybody can, anybody can start a training company on Facebook and, and start training. And it's like, yeah, anybody can, yeah. but I, I promise you that the cream rises. Like yeah. it's harder to be successful. Uh, man, I don't social media why you get vetted so hardcore if you don't Absolutely. know your shit you're gonna get roasted so Absolutely. anybody anybody who says anybody can start a training company on facebook and just start teaching classes doesn't know what they're talking about right. so
0: you, you teach one class you teach one class and one the yeah there the you, one. you go that's, that's fair it. Yeah. Done. that's it. you're not gonna man. get
1: booked the word of mouth will crush you um and but no And, and Andy Starnes, I don't, this, the other part about Andy and and this is not about making it an Andy Starnes commercial or anything, but he is, he is the tick master. And then, then you start talking fire behavior and then you start talking about like personal life and, and taking care of business and keeping your priorities straight. Dude, the man's a machine. It's amazing. So anyway, uh, yeah, got me going on chief Starnes. I'm a fan. So is Devin Uh, and Basil and Rob.
0: Hey and there's there's something too in that. So we, we talked about this with when we started our own thing. If let let's say you can't get a class from Basil, if somebody good there doesn't teach that class, then somebody bad will. And if you're not teaching it, somebody else is. Hmm. So there are people that are gonna go teach you in this vacuum of stuff. Um, and there's a ton of good dudes that are that are fantastic that aren't teaching. Um, believe me we're trying to get these guys to come with this new stuff and and there's usually somebody in your department that knows a bunch of stuff that just isn't going anywhere um one of the guys uh i gotta call him out because he asked me to (laughs) was mickey jordan mickey jordan's the smartest guy i've ever met in the fire service but he didn't want to go anywhere because he said i don't know anything mickey you're a damn genius you need to get (laughs) out there and do this so that people can learn what you know uh, and get it out so yeah
1: right on right on i don't know mickey jordan so i gotta i gotta know this guy
0: he probably won't come on here because he's a, he's he's not one of those. He didn't want to. He he's that, uh, has that much humility he won't do
1: it. Okay, that's fair. <clears throat> Sean Bailey asked this question. Every department is different, of course, but how would you describe the ideal hard-hitting engineer? Kind of a different uh,
0: question. Yeah, okay. So, drivers. Um, first off, I don't think every department is as different as we think it is. Firefighting is regional, but I think more of us are alike than we think. Um, mm-hmm. You talk to another fireman, you'll find out. Everybody has a, a down below rule they don't like and, and whatnot. Um, and that's one of the it, best
1: reasons to go to conferences. Go ahead. Sorry. It
0: is. It is. You, you'll go and you'll be like, I hate my place in Oregon. You'll talk to somebody and go, What? Like, I'm not going to tell them, but we. I met a guy that said that his department, you can't cuss. Okay, cool. Like, at a call, I get it. You can't cuss at grandma's house. No, you can't use any vulgarity at all at work, ever. <laughs> and he said that he said when he when he told his guys that in the memo like one guy at the end said are you fucking kidding me so whatever (laughs) back to the engineer so a hard-hitting engineer understands that driving is the easy part driving is the easiest part of that parking is difficult and then that pump panel will pump itself so getting that hose line out getting in the right spot make sure it's play right getting the right pressure and then that dude you don't have to ask for anything. There is no reason why in any house fire you ever make, you should ever have to ask for an attic ladder or a short ladder to have books. That's an automatic. You know, you're going to use it. You know, you're going to need pipe poles. You know, you're going to need fans. You know, you're going to need things. So when you, when you can step outside and that guy is handing it to you, or he's paid attention that, Hey, look, we got a rookie on the nozzle. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll pump a little bit less. Or, Hey, for some reason we use a selective flow and we'll make sure it's at the right pressure before I give it to him. So having an engineer, that's legit and working his ass off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, I guess how you describe the best one for me. I, I got to work at a really rough place, uh, part-time for a little bit. And I like to drive myself. And my goal was that my fire truck was in service at the end of the fire. Um, meaning we'd washed everything off packs were changed out. All I needed some bottles and, and some fuel and we'll go. Um, so a guy that's got to handle for you. I made a deal uh years ago where I carry my own stuff. i take my gear off i carry to the truck nobody else touches it uh and finally i had a guy drive me for a while um and he he was the first person that i let touch my gear and he if if i said hey we're gonna leave at noon at noon my gear was ready to go in the spot he took really good care of me uh and he burned me on it because (laughs) later somebody else asked if they could carry my gear and i said yeah I've, i've learned that somebody else can that guy put my gear back on the fire truck for me after a fire i got back in the truck shut the door and looked and i was missing my helmet 'Cause the guy dropped. It. <laughs> so right. not a good engineer. Um right. so yeah, a guy that's in the game. A guy that's doing so, guys learning. A guy that you can present something new to. Hey, here's a new fire truck and it's different. Are you okay with that? Yeah, cool. Let's learn about it. Let's go play with it.
1: Proactive. Proactive exactly. is what I'm yes, that's what I'm I'm taking from you. From the from the attic ladder to the new apparatus. No, I'm paraphrasing. I'm listening.
0: I got I gotta talk so one of the best drivers we ever had was Joel Stevens. Joel Stevens was around with Captain Reed when Reed made the Reed Hood. Okay. He drove water seven in Houston for decades, um, and one of the best in the fire service. He retired from Houston. His next day started as a lieutenant at a smaller department. Fantastic man. Yeah, he lost cancer. Um, mm. But Joel, he'd been in the fire service almost 30 years. When he would come into work, he would check the truck all by himself, to the T, everything about it because he said, I haven't driven it today. I don't know what it's like today." And mm. that was little things in your brain you, you remember.
1: Love it, man. Dude, you're still getting questions coming at you. How are you feeling? I'm good. <laughs> I'm not, we got two pages of questions, and we are plowing through them, and we haven't even got to yours. But we got into some of them.
0: Uh, Josh? I hope I get stumped, so I got to get stumped.
1: Josh Bardwell says, Devin, my TIFMAS all-hazard compadre, thoughts on the need for firefighters to build up their wildland fire KSAs due to the expanding interface, the wildland urban interface issues?
0: So I have to explain uh, TIFMAS. TIFMAS is the Texas Interstate Fire Mutual Aid System. What it allowed for was the state to pay for paid firemen to go help the volunteer departments when fires got bad. Okay. Um it started a couple of years ago. I can't remember what it is, but it, it backfills us and, and gets that covered. So we can send five or six apparatus uh from different five or six departments and go help these small places. The Texas is vast, huge. So yeah. uh it, it allows us to do that. So you're seeing more and more of that. Um and then the structural side, you you learn a couple of things. One, the forest service is completely different. Um and two, these things can help us do things. So on the structural side, we tend to say, Hey, look. You're off probation now. You can drive, and now a lot of check boxes for that. Or now you can be an officer. You take a test, you pass it. Now you're the officer. On that wildland side, there's a bunch of task books and a bunch of hard work you got to put in to get those certifications. Um, and so it, it works both ways. One, it teaches you how to actually get uh, the right knowledge for the job, and two, you get better knowledge. Um, so especially in my state, they need to get uh, they need to start doing that. Um, we started doing it a couple years ago. Our own department. Uh, and it's just one more thing to go learn about, whether it's hazmat to wildland. So you got to know something about, you got to know a little bit about everything. Um, you got to be really good at some things. So depending on where you're at, depends on what you're really good at.
1: I'm trying to look, I got two questions here. Hunter Lucas asks, what's the way, best way, best way to push the importance of basic fire training in a rural volunteer department?
0: Uh, the basics have to win, meaning the basics have to happen every fire. So you're you're going to pull hose every fire. You're, you should do a primary search every fire. So there's no reason you shouldn't be good at. It. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be able to throw a ladder. So so, while we we've talked about this before, we well everybody likes the magic trick. I can show you something cool, and you think I'm the greatest instructor ever because I showed you the cool new thing. But that's not going to work. I need you. To, I need you to understand the basic firemanship level of it, and keep getting at it. And. Things like pulling a hose and, and searching and moving around faster knees, being used to your gear and wearing your gear a lot work out over time and you'll get better. So take a take a drill, especially if people don't want to train. Uh, take a drill and time it, and say, hey, look, we're going to deploy crosslays. We did it before. Okay, how long does it take you? Right. Cool. I right. can do it faster. What? Right. And maybe it's a competition, and then we're having fun doing it, and next thing you know, we're getting good training in, and it's basics.
1: I love when you can mix competition and rankings into training, man. Make it fun, and when firefighters feel like they can win, even better. Um, <laughs> Matt Wallace has got one for you.
0: Oh, uh, that's not fair.
1: Here's the one that will stump him. Okay, that's, that's the lead off. What's your thoughts on electric fire trucks? Water and electricity don't mix, right?
0: Okay. First off, Wallace owns the company with me, and he and I have had – Hundreds of podcasts driving home from fire academies. okay? So we we know each other pretty well. So electric fire trucks. Let's look at what just happened. So Rosenbauer came out with an electric fire truck. Here we go. Full electric. This is it. It's going to be for L.A. And it looks like a Metro bus. And not a single fireman wanted to ride in that thing. If you did, I don't know you, okay? And then, of course, it's going to fail because firemen, things they don't like, they break. That process didn't work. Look at what Pierce did. Pierce had a battery fire truck for almost a year. It was in Michigan. I can't remember where it's at, uh, and didn't tell anybody. So now we take a fire truck that's a that's a, a test, and we beat the hell out of it for a year, and it looks like a fire truck. If you've seen it, you wouldn't know it was battery unless somebody told you.
1: Really? And
0: so now it's pretty cool. Uh, I can't remember what it. Okay. And right. now uh, you've cool. worked that in. So we compared it to the Euro helmet. So, a Euro helmet, you could come to me and say it's better protection, it costs less, it, it has better voice, better comms. and I'm going to be the old fireman and say, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't care. It doesn't look cool. The same thing is going to go with this electric <laughs> fire truck. I'm not. I'm stubborn. I still wear a leather helmet. I get plenty of helmets on a wall. Um, I can't do it. So, electric fire truck's the same thing. If you want us to drive an electric fire truck, then it's going to have to look at like what we have now, and it's going to have to work. And I'm going to tell you, firemen, everybody knows you put four firemen in a padded room, the center block, you're going to come back. Center block's broken. And it was like that when they got there. So it, unless your fire trucks maybe have a place, maybe over time. Uh, I don't live in California, so we are going to have most of those problems. Um, but I, I can see it start to go. And, and again, I mean, I explained this to my kids the other day on my own diesel truck, hey, the battery started the motor and then the motor charges the battery. That's not a lot different than some of these cars nowadays. It's still working on itself. It's not just the... there's not. Maybe one day we will have a solar-powered fire truck. God, I'm probably dead by then. Uh, <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a way for them. And again, you're going to have to make it a tank and we're going to have to beat the hell out of it. And maybe it'll work. And Matt can... That's, that's the best question Matt's got come
1: on man matt said come on devin said come on man to the man. okay uh i'm still cycling still cycling uh someone said something earlier uh devin are you still in the custom cooler business that came from robbie townsend might be a, a he said fido
0: Oh, yeah. So uh, so we got to talk about Robbie because Robbie's coming up in your strap anyway. Robbie's one of the best people in the fire service. He's another one of the people that you wouldn't know about unless we kicked, shoved, and pushed him forward to get out there and talk. Um, and Robbie, Robbie helped me get through Smoke smoke dive. Uh, and, and to repay him of that, I, I bought a black cooler, um, painted uh, his smoke diver number on top of it, and then we filled it full of Texas alcohol and Texas water. Um, Chuck Norris has his own bottled water, so we put that in there. Nice, uh, and then we put a bunch of Texas stuff in there, and I gave it to Robbie as a as a gift, uh, and yeah, as a thank you for helping me out. So
1: that's awesome, and a lot of people uh, a lot of people uh, speak very highly of Robbie, and, and that's a reason why on September twelfth you can catch him on the scrap. Yes. So it will be a good time. Um, here we go, Garrett Rose. Promote to keep turds from taking the position or stay in your position because you love it so much. I struggle with this because it is hurting our department. If I don't try, or am I being selfish because I love my position? I want your thoughts.
0: Promote, promote. Do you want to influence change? Promote. Uh, I I did the same thing through mine. I, I want to be a fireman forever, but I don't like this. No promote. Uh, and, and Hey man, it sucks. I get it. And, what they don't tell you in the fire service is promoting doesn't mean that you get a different helmet, now you're in charge. Promoting means that you're in, you have responsibility for everything. Boom. And the hardest thing you're going to do is when somebody says, hey, can we talk, and they shut the office door. And if you have not gone anywhere, if you have not learned anything new, if you haven't sat and listened to people like Blaisdenet or Frank Vescuso or any of these people um, or your nine levels of leadership or read any books, you're going you're gonna to be unarmed. And when a guy says things like, hey, I'm getting divorced, or, hey, I don't think I want to be a fireman or be in a planet anymore, or, hey, this guy's picking on me, what do I do? And you're unarmed, hey, man, you, you got to get out there. So you could sit in the back and be a fireman and have the greatest job in the world forever, or you could try to make things better. Uh, we had a buddy that didn't want to do his stuff because he didn't want to drive. I want to be in the back forever. You can't. Um, I wish you could. But uh, we got to get everybody better, and and a lot of times that means you promote. And and a good one for Garrett Rose, if you look around the room against everybody else that you're going to test against and you wouldn't want them to be above you, you better study, buddy.
1: And I didn't want to interrupt because it was a great soundbite, so I was like letting – I I hate when I ruin a soundbite by chiming in. But 100%, um, I think that we are seeing the ramifications – uh, right now, of the last 25 to 30 years, not scientifically proven, of people staying in their positions rather than promoting and then letting other people less, I don't want to say less qualified because they're good people that took those positions, but firefighters staying in their positions and letting other people take administrative positions, and now people scratch their head and go, uh, why are we having retention and recruitment problems? You know, I can't figure it out. But the, the 100%, the people that need to promote, need to promote, man.
0: Yeah. Okay. How did that I, guy become this cheap was because you didn't test against him when he was Yeah.
1: hundred percent. That dude, that's a hundred percent the, the I, I think it is one of the biggest there's a lot of things I could rant on for why we're we're at, at where we're at, but uh that's a big one. Okay, so I won't I won't rant. Um uh, how long would you give your new? Uh, let's let's get. I'm, I'm gonna pull up your, our notes because we've been going at it for almost an hour and a half, and I don't want to <laughs> shortchange the changes we have gone through in teaching styles.
0: So we we took a step back um, and and we started laying out processes for things. Um, and one of the best things we did in, in the fire academy is we sat down and decided what we wanted the final outcome to be. We wanted students to be able to pull a cross-lay off a truck. We wanted them to ride in the truck with gear on. We wanted to um, do a primary search by themselves, do these things. And then we broke that down into little basic pieces. Um, and then we found that better. And then we found out that if we ever tried to move too fast um, and, you know, you say they got it, they ain't got it. Um, and then we had to fix it later. So when we teach stuff, we like to teach uh, the first rep, we're going to do it for you. So we're going to talk about it. Then we're going to demonstrate it. Uh, and then you're going to do it under as least stress as possible. Some of that came from smoked up. Um, but you're going to do it maybe in a, in T-shirt and pants. Maybe you're going to do it in bunker pants. Um, and then we're going to slowly progress. You're going to do it again, and we're not going to change anything. You're going to do it again in bunker year. Then we're going to do it in an air pad. Then we're going to do it in a mask, breathing air, and we're finally going to get there. So that old practice like you play thing works at the end. Right on. And it's it's very obvious. So if you if you look at any pro sport, NFL is a really good one to look at. On the first day, they have a conversation about the team they're going to play against. They don't go, all right, put full pads on, let's go kill. No, we're going to have to figure this out. And if when you start adding things like uh, loud noises or breathing air, you, you're losing the ability that they have to comprehend what's going on. So you have to change your teaching style to fit what they learn and how to do it. And a rough one is imagination. You don't imagine what I imagine. So when we tell a guy to say, hey, think this house is on fire – Film a picture. This is what's on fire. We're going to go in that door right there. Okay. Now I understand what's going on, and you can work this out. Um, and, and learning how some people understand things is better. It, just speak, the, the fire instructor certification is actually pretty easy to get, um, but that doesn't make you a teacher. And we need more teachers, teachers. We need more coaches. We need more mentoring than we need actual instructing. Anybody can walk out there and say, hey, look, do this. And I can do it, but I don't understand it. I it right. doesn't make sense to me. Um, and in the teaching world, in the, the education system, they figure this out. It's, it's called comprehensive learning. You're getting it all together. It's all one big thing, and I, and I have it. Um, and you have to do that, especially in the fire service, as low stress as possible. So for us, typically when we first teach something, we want to teach it in the air conditioning, at a table, you and me talking. Let's get some rapport and figure out how you learn things, and let's go from there and start working on it versus, hey, look. Put your gear on, go. No. And, and something that, that's been hit on hard here in the past couple of years is, is your language. So we worked at a fire academy that had an E1 on the pumper. Okay. If I tell the kid to go get on the pumper, the vehicle that says E1 on it, and he doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about, he's got a valid argument. I didn't teach him that. It's confusing. What? It's not a pumper. It's an, it's an E, whatever the E is. You go to San Antonio, they call them motors. It's an old name they used to call them. Well, that's, that's different. That's a different language. So I need to speak that same language with you. Sure. So when we go places and say things like tanker, because for us, a tanker is a tender. I need right. to know the difference when I go other places and work those things into your language. We taught classes that were half Canadian. You want to talk about different language. We had to understand those things. And some of those guys, their first language was French. So now we're trying to figure these things out. And then one of our best students we ever had was a guy from Africa. He was a doctor in Africa. He came to us to learn how to fight fire because he was the most educated man in his his country. And he was great, but he taught us how to teach him, and we learned. So these are teaching styles that you have to change and adapt to to your class. It doesn't matter how I learn. It doesn't matter how I think. I have to get it to where you can think and you can understand it, and we can work through this together so that we get the desired outcome. If not, we're going to throw our hands up and go, oh, they're stupid because they're in Oklahoma or whatever it is. Right. And they don't get it, you know. So, yeah, your teaching styles have to adapt. And one of the first things we learned is if you yell at a student in the beginning, that you're probably not going to work very long for us. And if you look at the guys that work with us now, they're not the yellers. They're the quiet guys that are teaching you, pulling people aside and educating them. (laughs) And we do yell we need to yell. There's a time for it, yeah. But
1: but when you open with it, yeah, you lose all (laughs) buy-in.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. I got told a horror story the other day, but a fire made that the the first thing the guy said was, "You will learn how I tell you to learn. You will do what I say and say what I do, and I'm in, I'm in the law, dude." You're, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get anything out of me. That's I just I just checked out. Yeah, yeah, Don.
1: No, and and uh it uh, again. We're back to that whole empathy and train or die. Someone, someone, I, I, if you, whoever posted it can claim it. They said cuddle or die, and I love it. But they're know, saying. Right,
0: it, it sounds like that. And again, you're, you're going to get some people that knew me a long time before I learned that. And you're going to get some people that saw us in the fire academy when we were running PT. There's a time. Believe me. And, and you don't want any one of us on you because we're right. good at it. No, no. Uh, I, I hope it yeah, doesn't
1: come across on yeah. belittling because I have massive respect for people who understand the effective way to train, especially the upcoming generations, man. I really do. I really do mean that with 100% no uh, uh, mockery or arrogance whatsoever. Um, we're not
0: going to sell that sticker either. Well, I'll, I'll keep some Barney McLunder stickers right so and says cuddler. I buddy. want to see a
1: cuddler die with like a little cut up teddy bear. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be great. Yeah. Um, how long do you give your new pro... Uh, I'm grabbing the only. I'm, I'm 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 cycling through the final questions here. There's quite a bit on that. I haven't researched it enough to to dig into. Uh, how do you promote positive departmental culture? Mm. Robert Vasquez, Jr. Let's see what you got. We all know you can't fake passion, but we also know what's there. How do we get that laziness out of the picture before they hurt someone, especially when they could be your superior?
0: Oh, the the old, the old, my, my lieutenant's a, a jackass or my lieutenant's lazy as hell. Damn it. Uh, you got to make that the not cool thing, man. It's not cool to be lazy. All right, let's go do some stuff, you know. And and slowly and surely, people will see that that sitting in the you know or sitting behind a desk all day long, or and I clean up myself, but or, or being the guy that thinks he knows everything is going to catch up, you know. And in the fire service, we have a problem where in the first couple of years, you learn eighty percent of your job. Uh, and can handle eighty percent of that, so the the outliers, the twenty percent you can blame on the rain or you can blame on it was night. I didn't know or, or right right, right. Um, and and you have to know that things are changing and, and you have to adapt. Um, it's sitting behind me, but you have to adapt and get better and, and a good example of that is we figured out fifty years ago eighty years ago that the pro bar was the best thing ever made. okay, cool it's it's badass, it's legit. And ever since then, they've been copying it, changing it, and trying to get it better, and it never worked. Okay, cool. Well, that doesn't mean that the newest thing out there may not be better. So I, I lucked out and was able to get one pretty quick. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: I see it back there.
0: I see it hiding. Oh, um, yeah. But, hey, this is something new. Does that mean it's bad? No. Does that mean it's good? No. But let's evaluate and look at it, and maybe it's a better way. Right. So if you get a guy who's sitting there for, you know, in his chair or wherever and says, hey, I know everything, First off, you're an idiot because I don't know everything. And you need to admit that. And two, uh, things change, man. So so we talked about the iPhone. The iPhone came out in 07, and we're on the 14th version. Now, granted, that's it's technology, so it's a little different, but you're telling me nothing changed since the last time you learned something? Right. So if, if you went to a fire academy and that's what you learned and that's it, Dude, things have changed. I mean, we have data to back things up. We have the firefighter rescue survey, and we have the mayday study, and all these things that can back up stuff now that we learn. The UL's testing their ass off, and we're learning things out of it. So, if you're not learning these new things, and you're just going to sit there and rot, and hey man, if that's how the guy wants to be, I, I would keep training, keep going places, keep learning things, keep going to conferences, and and getting this good stuff in. And as you get back, just keep. Keep aging in there. A little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And eventually you'll get somebody to bite. Boom. And there you go. And then everybody knows. Hey, that officer, don't hang out with him. He's going to do this. All right, and You don't have the good guys no more, so fine.
1: Love it. You cannot learn what you think you already know. Man, one hundred percent. Have an open mind and keep learning. A lot of questions. Matt McGee being one of them was asking about Georgia Smoke Diver program. I wanted to get to it before we got to books. So throw us. Like he wanted to know how to prepare, but you, I don't know which angle you want to hit it from, but
0: so I'll hit it from the, the pyramid the <laughs> angle of I, I am an example of that anybody can get through it um because I am by no means naturally athletic i'm not I'm not a muscle dude I'm not a I wasn't a pro football player I'm not built like a monster like uh, like Justin phrase is you know and and, and they them guys worked their ass off and and I'm proof that anybody can do it um, meaning look you you it's mostly mindset. So the program, uh, I won't go to the whole program because you've had Chief Rhodes on there. The program teaches you a lot of things and, and you learn pretty quick that, that even if you're the badass of the group, that doesn't make you really better. Um, it's a team effort and you have to do the work. So everything there is, is taught to you, uh, talked about, demonstrated by them. And then they do it and then you do it and then you do it in live smoke or live fire. Holy crap! So we we can't cheat on these things. So the average American male weighs like 250. Guess what the dummies weigh? They weigh 250. Come on, man. We're not, these things that work, we're going to use and do it. And and for me, I I failed it uh, multiple times. Most twice I failed it because I didn't want to be there, um, and once I failed it on a on a skill. But it made me learn what my why was and what I was actually doing. So this is something big for us um, and for guys that go to conferences. Every time you're gone, it has to be for a reason. So if I go to work on a Saturday, Sunday, and I sit in a recliner for eight hours both days, why am I there? What what did I make better? And when I come home to my wife and go, hey, I was there to get a paycheck, that's not going to work. So if I go to FRI or wherever or FDIC or whatever and come back and go, Hey, look, I hung out with my buddies and got drunk all week. Yeah. But what did I learn? And what did I get out of it? Cause I have to have to get back and that's time. Um, and time we can't get back. So for me, smoke diver taught me that any anytime that I am working out and my family's home or I am at a class or I'm trying to get through smoke diver, that has to be worth it to to tell my kids dad wasn't home this weekend because he wanted to hang out with his buddies. No, he, he wanted to learn to learn some stuff. Uh, and and Chief Rhodes, Chief Rhodes is a good one. He's a good mentor to have, and, and he taught us a lot of stuff. And everybody there is impressive. If you took every dude that you knew that was a type A dude that wanted to do work and put him in a room, that's smoke damage. Uh, you can't pass out papers without getting in a fist fight or who gets to do it. you know? And, and it goes back to Lorenzen when we were in Oklahoma. The hardest job is the best job. So, what's the hardest job? I want to do that, and and that's what they teach you. And you get ready to do the next thing. And I've used it a lot. And and this is something we all joke about about how they make you walk through the the uh, the gift shop on the way out. We put that on everything. So you'll you won't see many things of mine that don't say uh, "smoke diver" on it. You won't see anything we do that doesn't say that. And that's two things. One, we want to promote the program because it's an excellent program. And two, we hold ourselves to that, that standard. So I know if I go somewhere and somebody sees a, a smoke diver rocker, they expect better out of me. And I better not be the shit bat. I better not be the dude laying out because I owe it to the people in front of me, the people that come behind me, that this is the program that, that does this. And we don't, we don't have a tolerance for that. So I've been plenty of places and then go, Hey, you're a smoke diver. Yep. All right, let's go. Let's do some hard work. Let's do this. I'm not going to be a slacker because I have to hold that standard. That right.
1: That's, You're that's representing so much more than yourself.
0: Absolutely. I
1: love, dude. Yeah, it's powerful, man. It's powerful. Sweet. Okay. Which brings us to, which Matt McGee did ask this question earlier, and I avoided. I mean, I mean, I skipped it over and over and over. He said, "What's the best way to prepare?" So I wanted to throw that.
0: Uh there is a couple of programs out there. Um, softly does one. It's good. Indiana's mm-hmm. motor got with softly and did one. Uh, McGee knows How about that. Uh, he's prepared well enough before, but to, for everybody else out there, uh, wear your gear as much as possible. Make that your comfort zone. Um, for me, I bought a blast mask, uh, and I have a sticker on my, on my mask that says hard work means doing hard work. So for me, that allows me to zone out and, and work my butt off and not worry about people looking at my face. And I wore my mask as much as possible, uh, and everything I did and it became a happy place. Um, in Georgia, there's a little black square that you stand on when you get ready for stuff, and that was that was safe base. So I knew if I was standing there, I was okay. Um, and you learned, and this is – it probably didn't start there, but that's kind of where Always Forward, Always Moving began. Uh, I think I did it before that. But uh, the concept is as long as I'm going – as long as I'm working, as long as I'm moving forward, then I am winning. So we're always going to go, we're always going to do, we're always going to move in a forward direction. Um, we're always going to move and know that, that we're going to win um, no matter what it is. So if it's, I, yeah, he said, if I'm carrying groceries in, I can do it because I'm going forward. And right. I'm dragging hose. I can do it because I'm going forward. Right. Um, and when things suck, which they're going to suck a lot in life, if you're an adult. You realize that, uh, just keep going, man. Just keep doing things. And then in, in, there is no joy at quitting. Quitting will be give you joy for a minute. Uh, and I, I did that. And then not quitting made made a lot of joy for a long time. So if you can get that mindset in there, then yeah. Yeah. Rock and roll. I, wear your gear. Work your ass off. Make everything terrible. If it's too easy, you didn't do it hard enough, put your gear on, wear a heavier air pack. I've done plenty of that. And an old trick I did was I would write workouts down on cardboard and permanent marker, and then I would throw the marker away. So now I can't erase it. I can't take my finger and wipe that dry erase off. I can't mark it out with that marker. Whatever I wrote down, I have to do. And if you did it once and it was good, do it again. And if you did it twice and it was good, then wear your air pack And just, there you go. Enjoy the stock.
1: Love it. All right. Book or books that you think firefighters should be reading this is my personal favorite part of each time because i'm getting so far behind on books i need to read
0: so you're you're 155 into this so you've had a bunch of these um and i'll I'll give you these and i'll tell you what i'm looking for um so i did the tipping point by gladwell Mm. that was a good book it's an excellent book um you learn a lot about how you how your brain works deep survival is a good one about when life sucks uh what to do for um Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. my Simon Sinek is Good. This is not about food. I'm sorry for the guys in fire service involved in that. Um, this is a book called Flow Based Leadership, uh, written by a very good doctor. Miss um, uh, Judy Glit came and, and she did a bunch of smoke diver stuff with us uh, right before I get in there, and it's it's good. It's a it's a bit of a heavier read, and I'm I'm with you. I believe that all books are lifting weights. Some books are, you know, five pounds, some are 500. This is a pretty heavy book. Um, those I know you've had on there. Um, this was a book about 9-11 I thought was fantastic. It goes from when it hit to when they both fell down It's 102 minutes. Um, it's it's mostly uh, firsthand one. Uh, pretty good. Uh, John Norman's book, because John Norman's a badass. Um, this is a cool book. Uh, I lucked out and got him to sign it for me and, and uh Pensacola, um, this is a good book for if you ever, you ever want to know what a fire service career should look like, it's John Norman's, um, he did things that we'll never get to do, they were amazing he's like, I made seven airplane crashes Right. What? Holy cow you know, well, he's like, um,
1: he's giving his things like this was my third airplane crash, and you're like wait, 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 what did you say, how many,
0: how many did you make? he's the sweetest man and I'm like, you, percent. Yeah. and then, the last one I have is Service by Marcus Luttrell um, hmm. Latrell is big to us because Latrell grew up not far from me. Um, He lives in a district next to me. Um, His his brother is running for Congress in my district, Morgan, um, and Latrell's a good people. And this book, By Lone Survivor, is an excellent book and definitely worth reading. Uh, Service talks about a bunch of guys, and some of them died uh, not in the war. They died in a a parachute accident, some other things. It talks about what those guys' service means. So for me, I look for books that are, uh, I, I kind of rotate through. I look for military books because that's similar to what we do on a lot of things. Um, and there's a lot of good stuff out there that they've tried more than we've been able to try. Uh, then I look for a book that, that busts my head, meaning I'm looking for something that makes me think. Um, so the tipping point, some of those Simon Sinek books, uh, I love it. Maxwell books are great. Yeah. Um, those are good when I'm ready to lift some heavyweight. And then I, I try to find something that's about something I don't know about. So I, getting in this one, being a fireman, I read a little book about called A Little Bit of Buddha, and it had a little bit of Buddhism in it, and it gave me some things about it, a little bit of stoicism, it, and these things that I didn't think I understood very well. So I read a book about it. Um, and and reading books is like lifting weights. You got to keep doing it, keep getting through it, um, and you mm. get better and better at it. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. My And I'm going to warn you, though, so I am not like you. I don't write in my books. I write my name in my book in the front, um, and that means I read it. And then I try to give it to somebody um, because, to me, if I'm holding on to it, uh, it didn't help me much. Uh, it, it needs to get everywhere. And if I think it's good, I did that. Somehow these have stayed with me. Um, I'm not giving my drawer number one away, obviously, because he signed it for me. And so did Ms., uh, Dr. Glitt. But uh, I think we need to pass some books around. And again, I, I, Mindset is a fantastic book by Fit to Fight Fire. Yes. Um, it, it's a That's really, firefighter
1: friendly. Both of theirs are, yeah, 100%. It is.
0: It is um, I passed that out. I don't think it went anywhere. But hey, it's whatever, you know. Right. Uh, I, I think your list is going to be extensive, and I wish I could read every book you got on your list. But th- those three things keep me going through. I wish
1: I could keep I, – I, I think currently now 67. It was 63 before I went to Water on the Fire, but it's at 67 now, books that I have to read. Uh, and I'm, my problem is I read a ton, but I'm a slow reader. Like oh. I, I crawl oh. through the books. Like
0: No, I, mean, I, I I. read faster than I talk, and I, I think faster than I read. So I have a hard time blowing through it, and then I have to stop and go, oh, what was that? You know,
1: and, no, that's and my medical. problem is I really have a system – for reading that that the whole purpose of the system is to make me go slow, and so anyway, I won't yeah, but no, hundred percent, man, I love it, and uh, I have a library that at my department, and it it's not limited to my department if you want to stop in sometime there's a sign out sheet. You can sign out any book in my library, I just I have the sign out sheet so I can call you and get it back after ah. the 90, ninety days is when I like look and I'm like, oh that's been gone for three months. Hey oh, you you're right. Are you still reading this? Okay, if not, get it back here so someone else can. So, and it's crazy because at first, no one ever checked out a book. And slowly over time, people have checked out books. It's really cool. So,
0: I I buy a lot of my uh, in the used shop at Amazon. They're cheaper. And I like hardcover.
1: So, yeah, I do. 100%. 100%. I go to Amazon, then I look at used. And Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you, I paid like $4 or $2 for so, plus shipping, for so many books. And then you like compare, oh, $7, but no shipping. Okay, okay. But, yeah, 100%. Uh, And I write all over them and highlight them, so I get paperbacks quite a bit.
0: I can't do it. I can't do it. It bothers me. I don't know why. We have
1: the five questions for firefighters, which have evolved into the next five. You are highly aware of this. The questions have no correct answers. The answers are 100% your opinion, and the points are arbitrary, passed out by me, and, of course, the audience that helps by shouting out whether it is max points or not. So, Devin Craig, my friend, train or die, are you ready for the next five questions for firefighters? Come on. Here we go. What single characteristic makes the difference between a run of the mill firefighter and the top tier, go to, badass firefighter?
0: So I got to be honest, I'm a, I'm a little pissed about this one because I watched Von Oppen, and Von Oppen stole half of my answer. Um, but I believe it's two things one is humility. And that's what Von Oppen uh, pointed to. And that, that's the, the ability to say, I don't know, the ability to learn new things, the ability to realize you're not the biggest badass. Going along with that is drop. So if you are, if you drop and you work and you keep pushing forward and keep learning new things, keep doing new things, and then you have the humility to help other people do it too, and understand that just because you're the guy that goes to all the conferences doesn't mean you know everything. Um, and know that you can, you can help others move along absolutely that's the guy i look for um anybody can be a badass anybody can be usain bolt but if usain bolt just runs it doesn't help anybody else along it doesn't help anybody good anybody can be the dude that stands in the back and says i don't know and doesn't want to learn anything so if you can get those two things together absolutely that's the guy i want all day long all day long
1: love it and it's a great answer even if mark stole half of it but yeah. you tied it in and made it As better expected. I will absolutely give max points for question number one. Number two, moving on. If you could go back in time and look, quite a few people asked a version of this question. So if I didn't ask your question, this is why, uh, but if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice as a rookie, what would it be?
0: This, this is a hard one for me because I started really young at 16, uh, and, and then had a full time job by the time I was 18, 19. Um, So, believe me, that version of me is an idiot. Uh, So, pretty much not being an idiot. um, you, you You have one mouth and two ears, and your mouth shuts and your ears don't. So, learn that. So, keep your mouth shut, your eyes open, keep your ears open, listen to what everybody else is doing, and start picking out these people that you need to have as mentors. And if the dudes are sitting around the table bitching, those aren't the mentors you need. Um, I lucked out. I had a I had a good start um, and moved up decently fast uh, and with good people. So for me, while this talks about being a rookie, I also have to look at it for being an officer. When I became an officer, I was a flat-out asshole. I would I would tell anybody that to the day. I, I thought that that meant that you knew everything and that you were smarter than everybody else. I went to some classes, thought I was smarter than everybody else, and it took me going out of state to get outside my bubble to learn that I wasn't very bright. Um, and that was almost a 10-year period I went to when I went to Georgia the first time um, so so for the new guy I would say definitely learn listen uh, pay attention get find you a good mentor um, for the officer exact same thing um, you need to talk to them guys that you're gonna work with um, because you owe them and you are not above them now you're help holding them up the the, the line officer is the deflector he's the one that catches everything so anything bad happens uh, you got to handle it um, and I firmly believe that anything that comes down that's bad, you need to stop it right there and not let it get to your guys, and the same thing for them. Right? We tell our guys, but, uh, if you screw up something, tell me. I'll defend you to the death. We'll figure it out together. If you don't tell me, I can't help you. Right on. Um, right and so on. yeah. So, so definitely find a mentor, I think, would be the bottom part of the answer.
1: Dude, I love that. When you started off with mouth, ears, and all that, that's great advice. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't max points. But when you broke it into – uh it probably was, don't get me wrong. But when you got into um you're at the wrong table, they're complaining, get away from it, find a mint dude a hundred percent. That is a that is a badass answer. Avoid the toxicity. Uh I think Kevin Fluger, this is not gonna become a thing, but he said Max Dagums. So no, that's that's not a thing. Uh Find another table, yes. Avoid the toxic, 100%, man. Great, great answer, man. I love that. And the and the, the crowd is absolutely agreeing. Uh, okay, number three. You'd think I'd know him by heart by now, but I'm pulling up my notes. What is your favorite training drill?
0: So we work a 48 six schedule. Um, so for us, we check everything out on the apparatus. We blow them out the bay on the first day, and then one guy stops and starts cooking breakfast. That's how we run every day. Our second day, we learned that because we didn't check every individual thing on day two, that we had a little bit of time. So what we did was we turned that time into doing a morning drill. So the night before, so let's say first night, uh, we would get done and say, hey, what do you want to do in the morning? Let's do, we haven't done the ladder setup in a little bit. Let's do ladder up and let's get on the roof. Okay, cool. And then, so we would check the truck real quick and then do that at 6.30 in the morning. We, we shift change at 6.00. And the guys are already training, we're already working, we're already doing fun stuff, and we're already getting some good reps in. Right. And a drill line lasts 30 minutes. Um, that's probably my favorite. Uh, I, beyond that, anything involving a ladder truck, I like to do, but that specific thing would be one of those. Um, and with 4896, you get a lot of freedom to do a lot of cool things uh, and, and get a lot of good training in. Uh, we don't. We try to find something we're not good at. So where I'm at, we don't mask up when we get there. We already masked up. So we, ride our, we wear our mask in the truck, and that's definitely a regional thing. Um, so little drills like, hey, let's, if, we're, if I come out and take my gear off, then i got to go back in real quick. How long does it take me to do that um, is a good drill for us, too. So I like anything time. Let's do it faster. We did a great, perfect, 100%. Let's do it faster. Let's keep so going. Let's do it
1: faster. So. Let's see how far we can push it. Uh, exactly. And that's what I like about it is because it incorporates your schedule. Yes. It yes. won't make you you, you know, and the 4896. But incorporating that schedule, man. Yes. Uh, and not only, anytime you can time it. So three for three on max points. We're heading into number four. We're closing this out. What mistake have you learned the most from in your fire service career?
0: So uh, I got taught by an old fireman that you tell good stories about everybody else and bad stories about yourself. Um, and what that does is that that promotes the good things in a fire service especially the good dudes around you um nobody cares how good you are they, they want to hear the cool stories about but before and whatnot and if you're good it speaks for itself um and then when a guy hits a hole in, in the walmart parking lot with a pumper and you act like a jerk because he hit something but if, rather than say hey man, i get it I hit a stop sign twice with a fire truck before, you know, and, and, and I understand this and showing some empathy of that and being able to tell those good stories about those guys that came before you um really, really helps. Uh that was a I used to think that you could be if you wore a different color helmet, you were smarter than everybody and, and that was a mistake for sure. Uh without thinking that. You know, it's funny. Everybody will say I don't know everything, but most people when faced with a question won't say I don't know.
1: Right on. So. Dude, I love that answer. And I wrote it down, man. Promote the good stuff about everyone else and tell the bad stories about yourself. I've not heard that as an answer, dude. I love that. I really do. Um, four for four. Max points. Here we go. Heavy fire. Searchable space. Would you rather be assigned, you know, the whole rest of it, to the nozzle or first in on whatever acronym you choose to use?
0: So I'm going gonna, gonna to give you three things now. First off, the acronym okay. is DES. If you're using something else, you're wrong. Whatever. Uh, second off, I don't like my feet getting wet, and I don't like doing math. So I don't like pulling the hose. Whatever. Anybody can do that, I feel like. There's better ways. Kyle's freaking out right now because hose and, and Freeman thing and all that stuff. I want to go in a window because that looks like more fun. It's going in a window. Am i attached to the, the umbilical cord and this heavy anchor. I can go do fun stuff and come back out. So I'm a VES on this question all day long, but I'm going to tell you a story about something I learned the hard way. So we had a a guy who he was probably two or three years in. When he got up to go to work that day, he found out his dog had pissed in his boots, not on his boots, in his boots. That's how his day started. His car wouldn't start because he left the the light on inside it. He showed up to work late. He got in in the fire chief's Tahoe that morning and tried to start it when it was already running in front of the fire chief, he was having a bad day. He had such a bad day, we told him go sit, go take a nap, reset. He did, he started having a better day. We made a fire that night and he got off the truck, did an okay job stretching the line. And when we went to go in this house that had a little simple fire in it, his regulator was tucked behind his waist belt. We've all done this, hose behind it. Me as a young officer, I looked at him, I kind of laughed, I took the nozzle. I went inside to put the fire. out. We laughed about it later and joked about it. And I, we did some other stuff on that fire and I didn't, it didn't take till probably about a year ago for me realize how wrong that was. Um, and here was a, an excellent opportunity for me to reach out, hit his waist belt, get his regular off, let him breathe air, let him pull the line inside the house and put the fire out and have the glory and have a better day. Instead, I took advantage of that. So now I can do it. So for me, as being an officer since 07, I, I want I want you to stretch the line. I want you to spray water. I want you to have the great thing. And this was an awesome, you did an awesome job. And I want to be able to stand back and go, good job, man. And I don't want to say, hey, look, I searched the whole house by myself or I went in the window. Yeah, I went in the window with you, but you did a good job. You did better. And there we go. And I learned that too. Uh, actually, the fast forward guy, Eric Allen, did it. He, he did it. He taught something. And I was amazed at it. I said, that's pretty cool. I said, where did you learn that? He goes, you taught me. What? And that was a a life lesson of as an instructor. You get a better feeling not from teaching people, but watching them teach something that you taught them because it works so well. So, again, so all my answers be yes all day because I don't want my feet getting wet and the hose is heavy. uh, I I would rather you do it with (laughs) me. It's heavy, man.
1: I love it. I love it. No, you had me at there's only one. And it's VES. You had max points at that point. All the rest of it is amazing and and well worth it, brother. There it is. The next five questions for firefighters. According to Devin Craig, my brother, that makes 155 scraps in the books. How can people get a hold of you? What's the best way to book a class?
0: Uh, I'm all over Facebook. Uh that um you can get on our page, Trainer Die T X. There's a thing on there you can find me, uh either my name or you can you can message the, the, the training page. Um we run that group, the trainer die discussion, which is another whole story. We thought it was gonna be for four dudes, and now it's twenty one thousand.
1: Yeah, it's um, blowed and up. It, and that's another nuts. thing, man. When you're the real deal, man, it blows up.
0: It's nuts. It was not intended to do that and it did that. Um so yeah, those two ways are the best way.
1: Love it on there. Um Go to firehousevigilance.com. My housekeeping, the vigilantes is live. If you're not a member of the vigilantes, you can join it at firehousevigilance.com. We do, uh the scrap will always be live. This, what Devin Craig coming on as a guest and bringing value to the fire service. It's always going to be here for you. But if you want to deep dive into other discussions, join the vigilantes, you can find it at firehousevigilance.com. We just did uh it's your ship and had a whole big discussion about leadership. Oh, it's an amazing book. We, I just read it again because it was our book for, uh, July, and That's I didn't fantastic. realize how much influence it had on me until I re- went and reread it. And I was
0: like, oh, wow, it, it made a lot to me, too.
1: Um, so there that is. Uh, where am I going to be next? Uh, traveling up to Tulsa with Brian Brush. We're teaching a class up there. I'm doing the nine L's, he's doing Brian Brush things. Uh, and then I'll be in Arkansas with Devin Craig. Uh, first yeah. in fire conference coming up soon.
0: You're going to Broken Boat, right? When are you going to Broken Boat?
1: Man, is, I'm going with Brumley's. I'm going, like, the week after you're there.
0: Okay, yeah, we're there this weekend. Um, and then Brumley's then I'm there the o- next weekend. Yeah, and then I'm in Ohio uh, for a class. The Brooklyn bow class this weekend is open anybody. We're trying to fill it. Um, okay. They, they want to have more people train with them. Uh, and then, yeah, then I go to Ohio for a little bit of lecture on some stuff. And then uh, first in with you, I'll be in North Florida. I'll be at Lake Tactics again. And then I I, I really – I had a hard time about talking about this one because I didn't know if I want to tell everybody, but I wrote an article uh and they're yes. gonna publish it in Firehouse. Nice. In November. So I'm, congrats I'm sure about that. Yeah. Yeah. I was smiling my ass off. So
1: beautiful, brother. I love it, man. Yeah. yeah. Coming up on the scrap. Uh that's where that's where we'll be. Um killer lineup continuing for twenty twenty two. Devin Craig was, of course, tonight then Mike Dugan next week, followed by, we talked about him earlier, Robbie Townsend, and then Dina Ali, Chad Boutine, Bill Gustin, Jay Bonifield. So how, how smoking has 2022 been, man? It's Damn, been, Jeez. Yeah. Uh, It the heat, hits keep on coming. Uh, it does not get any better than that. Uh, uh, please go, uh, this is the big thing we're pushing, go like and rate the podcast. Not necessarily the pages on fi- uh, on Instagram or Facebook, but if you listen to the podcast on an app, give it ratings there, screenshot it, and send it to me, and I will, I will bribe you with stickers. Sticker packs coming your way. Swag. Uh, send a screenshot to me. Five-star review. Uh, that's my bribe. If you know anybody that might be interested in being part of the sponsorship down here, uh, have them reach out. Just like hose, The Hose Experts, Elkhart Brass, Safe Fleet Company, Affordable Drill Towers, or, as of tonight, the first line uh, training company, my man, Dennis Riley. Uh, so anyway, that's that. My brother, Dennis, De- Dennis uh, Devin Craig, thank you, my man, for being an unbelievably good guest.
0: Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it.
1: Audience, you make the scrap magical. I really do appreciate your questions, uh, your participation, uh, and the love Thank you for tuning in. Remember, muds don't scrap. I hope the tones stay silent unless it is burning. Everybody, stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.